2: Hello everybody, it's Wednesday, January 30th, 2013, and you are listening to the Talking Comics podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Hello, Mr. Bob Ryer. Hola. And joining us once again, Mr. Robin Numaya.
0: Hello, everybody.
2: <laughs> I don't know why I did an Italian accent. Your name is not Italian at all. It's okay. It's it's a you. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> All right, so we are back from the podcast. Uh, Stephanie is in Minnesota and then I think going to France. So Mm. hard knock life for her in Mm -hmm. that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Jay Z or Annie? Which one? Both. Who started humming hard knock life? Oh, that was me. Oh, it was you? Sorry. I just heard it in these earphones. (laughs) It wasn't me for once. (laughs) So were you Annie or Jay Z? Annie. Okay. Come on. All right. All right. All right. All right. don't look down on me. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we are going to be talking this week. Uh, Bob put an editorial up on the site about uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths and, you know, was it the, the biggest comic book event or a missed opportunity? Uh, you can read that up on the site at talkandcomitbooks.com. But that got me thinking about, you know, again, we, m- much like when we did the the Marvel thing where we are like, how can we fix Marvel type of a situation, we're often talking about the negative, but I wanted a chance to talk about the positive and some constructive elements on how to kind of... Uh, do events that we would like to see, you know, because we said a lot of a lot of negative things about Avengers versus X Men, and you know, I want to see what we what we'd come up with ourselves. Um, we said negative things about Avengers versus <laughs> X Men. I
3: can't imagine that.
2: So we're going to talk a little bit about you know um, events that have come in the past, you know, things that we want to see them do, and Steve's even kind of come up with a, his own event. So we're gonna <laughs> we have all those things uh, coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about our books of the week and such. But before we get to that stuff. Just a couple of news stories I want to run through really quick. Uh, First one, uh, not necessarily comic book related, but a pretty big geek megaton. Uh, J.J. Abrams is going to be directing Star Wars Episode 7. So that happened. Um, uh, Bob, what do you think about this?
3: uh considering that the star trek movie even though it was pretty good seemed more like a star wars movie mm-hmm. action level and everything yeah. else instead of the the thoughtful star trek kind of thing i think it's a brilliant idea it's a yeah. great great fit
2: yeah i mean when they when they announced they're doing this that was kind of the first person i thought of to do it i mean steve what do you think uh i'm there I'm You're on there board. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i with what he did with star trek mm-hmm. i love the hell out
1: of star trek so yeah, me too. if he's going to apply that same level of maturity and get rid of uh like the jar jars of the series (laughs) and kind of take it in that direction i'm all for it i think that'd be really i think it was a good
2: mood yeah move Mm -hmm. but you're in a good mood about the move
1: uh yeah so there we go it's you know it's more star wars i'm not the biggest star wars fan but i won't i would enjoy another movie especially if he's in charge of it sure absolutely
0: what about you rob can we roll the dice and, and name the movie already is it one of the comic series Oh, I
2: don't no, think okay. so. No, he, they said it's not based on anything uh, prior, but it will be Star Wars uh, Jedi of the Northeast. <laughs> 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 Shadow uh, Planet. <laughs> no, I, I,
1: Dark Fist. I have <laughs> a feeling he'll
0: he'll treat it with Legion. the utmost respect. Um, he's a huge fan from what I've read mm-hmm. and all the little stuff that he's added to any show he's done. I mean, there's even an R2-D2 hidden in the first Star Trek he did. So, yeah, he he's pretty pumped about it. So, I think that's going to basically show in his movie.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that's cool about it to me is just I feel like more than anything, he'll bring back that sense of fun to the movies that I think are missing in the prequels, which I think is the biggest problem with the prequels. I think if they were fun, a lot of a lot of the problems with them would be forgiven a lot easier. You know, but you're missing that Han Solo element. And he mm-hmm. definitely brought that to the start to Star Trek. You know, there it definitely has more of that space opera feel to it. And if he, in fact, when Star Trek came out, I said this is what I wanted the prequels to be. You know, in a lot of ways. Sure. So I think that he's perfect for it. And he's one of the few people that, when they announced it, I, I thought immediately of you know him or Brad Bird were kind of the two people that mm-hmm. popped in my head almost that immediately. But awesome. So I mean, he's doing that uh, that Tomorrowland movie with uh, Damon Lindelof. So. I'm really excited about it. I mean he's one of my favorite, you know, people out there right now creating things. So.
3: so it's already we're having nice positive fallout from the whole thing getting ripped away from George
2: Lucas. Yeah, absolutely. There were about sixteen thousand lens flare oh, jokes uh, the moment it got announced on um, what I'm lost here. Okay. So there's this thing uh, and this is this is the stuff you get to miss out on, thankfully okay. if not being big <laughs> on the internet, is when Star Trek came out, you know, people in trying to find things to criticize about the movie, latch on to the fact that there's a lot of lens flare, you know, that he uses it as an effect, you know? And? And it's in, <laughs> in space a lot. And, and it's in his movie. It's it's his thing. Like, it's part of his style. It's in Super 8 as well. Um, But people latch on to it and they make big jokes about it. There was one really funny thing where somebody made a logo and said, this is the new Star Wars logo and it was the regular Star Wars logo just with like a ton of lens flare all over it. <laughs> I was like, okay, at least this guy made a little now, creative effort to do it, you know? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of lens flare joke about that, but moving on from, uh, uh, non comic book news to more comic book movie news, uh, solidified stuff, uh, new Spidey villain announced, uh, and cast for amazing Spider-Man two. Oh yeah. Paul Giamatti is going to play the rhino in amazing Spider-Man <laughs> <What>? two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pig vomit. Yeah. yeah. Pig vomit <laughs> is oh, going to my... play the rhino in amazing Spider-Man two. The janitor from, uh. Wait, sorry. I'm not going to start naming all of his roles. <laughs> Keep going. Really? Yeah.
1: Seriously? He'll be
2: playing the Rhino. Yes.
1: That is really, 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 really weird.
0: Yeah. It's, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Well, if, if you look at, because the Rhino was in the Spider-Man game that mm. came out when the, this past movie came uh, out. Mm. So if you kind of look at the character design there, some people have kind of like photoshopped his face in and stuff. You, you, you could kind of see it. Well,
2: you're our big Spider-Man guy. What do you think of this casting?
0: As with any casting, everyone's going to have their positive. Everyone's going to have their negative. Uh, I think he's an absolutely amazing actor. Mm. He's going to take it serious. Oh, yeah? So. You ever seen Big Fat Liar? Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I like him, too. I'm, I'm... <laughs>
3: right, that's what you want. You want an actor there. There's a lot of depth mm-hmm. to that character. So mm-hmm. yeah, you someone who'll do it, not hire some muscle man, some wrestler or whatever mm-hmm. who turns yeah. it into a joke. I mean, I mean they'll
2: do it. The, I mean, they cast rice iphons as the as the lizard yeah. you know so they seem to be up on casting I mean Jamie Foxx is Jane playing Fox electro is, he's psyched about yeah. it too yeah. so yeah, I look good in the suit mm-hmm. <laughs> he did say that mm-hmm. he said look like, really good in the suit um, I oh. think it's pretty cool I mean I think it's mostly going to be his voice obviously once he gets into that get up Because you're not gonna have like little roly poly Paul Giamatti being you know the the rhino, but But do
0: the the Ruffalo Hulk thing? Yeah, absolutely. Motion capture the face and throw it in there. I still can't believe it. And we we (laughs) still don't know if they're gonna go full Russian or
2: yeah, we don't know yet. He might. The the casting of Paul Giamatti makes me definitely feel like they could do that because he loves to ham it up with you know accents and stuff. So I feel like Russian. Yeah, have I missed? Is this lately? It's not the old
3: rhino. I don't remember no, being the, Russian.
0: Yeah, the current one. In, sure. The current one. Well, what's his name? His name is like Vol... Mark... Mark uh, no. Why he definitely like has some sort of veen
2: last name, right? It's definitely, yeah. He's definitely no, Russian. He, he is Russian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never um, read it that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a mobster or whatever. And then... But more recently, they've kind of cast... I mean, I don't know if they've always been like this, but someone who kind of did what he did to protect his family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be a lot of depth and stuff there. The only thing that worries me is, you know, this is what they do in sequels. They're like, okay, we need more villains. Yeah. You know, I would, mm-hmm. I, I would kind of rather them do much like they didn't, um, you know, Spider-Man two and they just had Doc Ock. And I thought that worked really, really well. Uh, I hope, I mean, I'm, I, you know, this is a different time, different world. So maybe they can balance it, mm-hmm. but I, I, do, I don't know what each of those villains brings out in Peter you know, to further that character.
3: Have they cast a Mary Jane yet, which will tell us where this movie is going?
2: They definitely they have cast Mary Jane. Um, mm. She was in uh, the movie The Descendants uh, with George Clooney that came out like, two years ago. She was his oldest daughter. Uh, very pretty girl. Um, really, really good actress. And they also cast Harry, and he's uh, the lead from Chronicle.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. And there this was another good. female they just cast that they don't know who she is. Yeah, yet. she
2: looks like Betty Brant to me. That's what uh-huh. she looks like to me. Um, I don't think it'll be Felicia.
0: Yeah, some people were saying Black yeah. Cat, but
2: if and if it is Felicia, I don't think she'll be Black Cat in th- this Spider Man movie. But they might start laying the groundwork. But if you put Felicia in there, that's just it's too many girls. Like it's too many. It's too much romance. I think around yeah, too many Peter. of his girlfriends
3: at once. Yeah. Now, no Norman. So th- that may leave everything for number three, unless they're being really secretive, which they would be, obviously. Yeah. I say that out loud.
2: Yeah. They could be doing it, but I mean, I feel like that would be a hard casting to hide for very long. Um, that's a big, big character. Um, and the fact that we haven't seen him yet at all, I mean, I think they're probably going to cast somebody relatively big to play that role.
0: Yeah. And plus, with with there being a Mary Jane and a Gwen Stacy, you know where they're going mm-hmm. and you know it's going to happen. But are they going to do it this movie, or, or save it for a you know? I'm saying with these two villains now, you're saving it. Yeah, yeah. But 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 but, are they going to want to do such a big dramatic, sad kind of story for the, for the final of a trilogy? Or but
2: may- maybe you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you're right though. With two villains already in the movie, with Electro and Rhino being in the movie, it's going to be that'd be really hard to get a thorough Green Goblin story. Going, you know. Mm-hmm. True, and I don't, and I, I, I don't, because of the way this movies are going, and because of kind of the way the comic book movies are going, I don't think they're gonna give that death to a d- different character. No, you know, no. so I would hope not. So I think that we're definitely gonna probably wait till the third movie for That'd that be one. Terrible, yeah.
3: Mm. Mm. Let people walk out of the trilogy going,
0: oh,
2: no. yeah. <laughs> Unless it happens like halfway through the 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 third movie. And still,
0: you don't know if the the rhino is just going to be like a a run through the first scene kind of villain, not in the whole movie. You never know.
2: That's true. That's true. That doesn't seem like, like and they only seem to do that, though. Only, only people that's ever done that really is Nolan with his movies. And that has just been because they've already established. I've, I don't think I've ever seen them introduce a quick villain, you know, in, in one of the movies. I mean, they could do it, but. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and then, um, also, uh, uh, Kevin Feige announced that definitely Doctor Strange is coming as a movie in phase three of the Marvel Universe, along with Ant Man. Uh, no real, you know, hard details on that. Mm-hmm. He just kind of said, I've been talking about it for seven years, and now it's finally going to happen. We're finally ready, you know. It, and he said some really good things. I like that he said, you know, we've done three Iron movies. We'll have done 3 iron movies we i have done 2 Captain America movies. We've we'll done two Thor movies. You know, we, ha- we got to keep pushing ourselves and do- trying to do different things. Um, so, Bob, what do you think about Doctor Strange movie?
3: I've been waiting for this one for a long time. Uh, you're, it's that cosmic part of the, you know, the Marvel Universe that they haven't mm-hmm. really gotten to yet. But now having with Guardian, mm-hmm. you're going to start to move into that. So... Will people accept this magician, this sorcerer supreme? Could be a hard sell. Do you have to get a star to be the character, or do they go actor, or where do you head to You with go his? Vigo Mortensen.
2: <laughs> I mean, that was the rumor for a while, right? Yep. Uh, he it's would a be good great. One too. He'd be great. A little old, I think. Though. He's a little bit old. Yes, he is a little bit old. Ah, the magic of movies these <laughs> yeah. days.
1: If they can make uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt look exactly like. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Willis will for over two
2: hours. I think we can handle Vigo
3: Mortensen. So. Oh, there's been a lot of talk about Benedict Cumberpatch.
2: Yeah, that was a no. that was a rumor.
3: Uh, David Tennant.
2: David Tennant. Yeah, I heard that as well. Johnny Depp for some reason. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, the, no, the, the, yeah. the Johnny Depp. Uh, I mean, Nicolas Cage. No, no th- those enough. are but those are vestiges. I think from years ago, more than they are from now. I I I think Marvel's proven that the. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is their biggest star, obviously, but he wasn't who he was before right. he did Iron Man. So I think that they've proven that they're not really looking into doing, you know, big stars in their movies.
0: Mel Gibson. Change him around. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: I, have a, I have a left field pick that you, I think, will appreciate. Who do, who do you think? James Callis from Battlestar Galactic, Gaius Baltar. He would work Sort of
2: mysterious looking Yeah he's a He's a little bit uh, Not that Doctor Strange Has to be a big guy But he is an especially Small man
3: Oh there are always lips Tom Cruise is an action movie It's true It's Mm. true But then you need a short Clea So I Mm. found one Who? Manda Seifred, Who's shorter than he is She's only like Five foot three Interesting So um if anyone's listening, cast these people, and I'll take my 10% and move on.
2: I mean, I think that's the kind of people, though, you're going to... Maybe not Amanda Seyfried. She might even be a little bigger than... I mean, she's not bigger than Natalie Portman, I guess. But uh, that's the kind of people I think you're going to see in, in those movies, like that level of actor. Find somebody who is just right for the part, and then you know, uh, uh, put them in there. I, I think it'll be really cool. I mean, I, Patrick Dempsey has been campaigning for the role yeah. for about six years now. Uh, so I don't know about that. But Steve, what do you think about a Doctor Strange movie? I'm always up for things, Bobby. <laughs> no,
1: um, seriously, it, it's awesome. I, th- I think it would be really cool if they took a uh, more magical approach to mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe and kind of introduced that a little. They did a little bit of that with Thor, where they took everybody you know, off world and did a whole big Greek gods uh, thing and whatnot. Um, but yeah, why not? You know, the Himalayas have, uh, what's his, what's his part What the ancient, the one? ancient one. No, there's the guy that uh, Wong? he went to oh, the Baron Wong, oh. That's it. Oh, Wong. Wong is
0: his servant. Lou Diamond servant. Phillips. <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips is Wong.
1: Um, no, it could be fun. It could be. I'll tell you one thing. The effects in 3d could be sick. They have yeah. like giant pink rings floating <laughs> right. out of the- <laughs> big floating rocks and mm-hmm. but the horiho. everybody, every kid'll be running around by like, the hoary hosts of or
4: whatever. Uh
1: I think it would be an interesting time for Marvel to see like how they would market that and mm-hmm. who would go to see it. Would he be as big as the other characters now that everybody's so comfortable with seeing the Avengers, like are people gonna be as open armed about the newcomers?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so that should be interesting to see. I mean, I guess we'll get a sense of that when we see Guardians of the Galaxy right. and how well that's yeah. received. Uh, you know, th- this has always come to think that I- I'll be excited when I hear more about r- who's writing it and who's directing it. You know, um, I-, I think that a movie like Doctor Strange is going to have a very specific look to it and I and I and think a feel to it. And I think that they need to find somebody who's able to handle that sort of tale yeah. you know you know Kenneth Branagh maybe not your first thought when you think of Thor but once you look into it and know you dig into what Thor is about he's perfect and I and now you know the guy Alan Taylor the guy they picked now who's the director from Game of Thrones is also perfect you know and they they need somebody to at least establish the world and then I feel like you can bring somebody else in like I feel like with Captain America the Russo brothers you know they've never directed a movie before and they're known for doing comedy on TV but that world is Joe Johnson established what that world looked like. Joss Whedon extended what that world looked like. They know they know where they're playing now, you mm-hmm. know. But I think you need somebody in there who has a good grip on what's going on to try to to try to sculpt it.
3: Sure. Well, Doctor Strange is also of, of two worlds. His human story. He is one of the best Marvel origins, mm-hmm. and the animated movie went well into that. If anyone hasn't yeah, seen, seen that, should definitely pick yeah. that one up. But, you know, I don't want to spoil his enlarger, but he starts out as an arrogant surgeon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who has a a car accident and finds he can't be a surgeon anymore. Right. And yeah. we go from there. Um, so there's a human tragedy. So you do need a real actor in that part mm-hmm. and then a director that can do that and then make that wonder happen as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I can't make the countdown. And Faggy did say, you know. We're moving to phase three, who and I think you know some of the characters we haven't done yet who we're going to try to do. And he mentioned by name Ant-Man and Doctor Strange. Daredevil has to be coming down the line. He's yes. he's actually probably one of the biggest people they have in the back burner, you know, and it's kind of new to their roster that they can use. So I got to imagine the announcement's got to be coming at some
0: point. I, I would think so. I mean, Dr. Strange is based in New York. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically he could be anywhere. Back. Yeah. But yeah, he, he's in New York. So yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, I, I feel like that's probably more of a Comic-Con announcement. Probably get a little, some more action going to Comic-Con with uh, what that's all going to be about. And, uh, uh, some, well, one, well, one more, this is just, this is not really even a story, but they announced, they announced, it leaked who the, uh, lineup would be for the Justice League movie. And surprise! It's going to be the Justice League. It's going to be the Justice League movie. It's going to be Batman, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and the Flash. Um, Now you know people got a a, where's Martian Manhunter and where's Aquaman. But I think if you're going to do a movie with basically, we'll be at that point, three characters who you're kind of probably going to be introducing in a lot of ways. I don't I don't know how much you can how people you can fit into one Mm. movie.
0: You know? It, yeah, I mean that they're so far behind what Marvel has yeah. and has set up that I mean, they at this point they can't afford to follow their same game plan because mm. that would bring them how many years into the Yeah, future? there would be
2: Avengers three would be coming out by the time they had Justice League um, One.
1: I heard something contradictory to that today. Um I don't know how much validity there is to it, mm-hmm. but um Something about them waiting to see how Superman does before they'll even go ahead with Justice League? Yeah, movie? I heard that as well. I, I mean,
2: the script is written. The Justice League script is written. We know that because uh, Will Beale, the guy who wrote Gangster Squad, I think wrote it. Oh. Um, and they've obviously been talking to directors and stuff like that. I, I I think they're just waiting to give it the green light. I, I think more they're just saying that they're just waiting. Men of Steel is going to open. Listen, it's going to open huge. Like At this point, it's got so much good press going behind it You know, I think it's turned itself around from where it was before that last trailer hit in a big way. I think it's going to open huge. I think they're waiting for that date, that announcement. They're going to have like what Marvel did had that press conference not long after Iron Man opened, where they're like, "We're going to do Iron Man two, we're going to do Captain America, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then we're going to do the Avengers." That's what I think they're just waiting for.
3: If they have a seventy five percent drop week one to week two, look out below.
2: Yeah, I don't, but I doubt (laughs) that's not going to happen though. I don't think there's any way that happens. Um, But yeah, the other thing though is that I. I don't understand this hedging of the bets thing that DC's got going on. Like you should be able to make a Superman movie. That's going to make money. You know, there's, there's not a, like a ton of just make a good movie. There's not a ton of, you know, Mm -hmm. mystery behind why the Marvel movies have done so well, you know, and Superman is just ready to, to make uh, so much money. He's the, you know, For a long time, the most famous superhero in the world, and people still see him. Still is, you know,
3: after all these years.
2: And I I think that you know, Goyer. The 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 interview came out today. I don't know when he did the interview, but he talked about making the movie. And um, you know, he said, you know, it's not, it's not going to be like the Donner films. He's like, he loves those movies. Uh, He thinks that their tone is a little too idealistic for what's happening right now. But he did say. He, he approached writing Man of Steel as if he was writing E.T., you know, a first contact story. And to mm-hmm. me, like, E.T. is in, sorry about optimism, you know, and so I, I think if he's going for that type of feeling, I, I think... I think that's a, a, a nice direction to come at it from,
3: you know? Well, I love the second trailer. I'm still a little off-put by the let the kids in the bus die aspect of it, <laughs> but I want to see it in context. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go insane yeah. from eight seconds from a trailer, <laughs> one way or the other, positively <laughs> right. or negatively, but yeah. that's not the way the world <laughs> is anymore. <laughs>
2: um, and on s- some sad news, and Rob's here for this, uh, Young Justice and Green Lantern, the animated series have been canceled.
1: Oh, Green Lantern got canceled. Uh, Oh, I don't care.
2: (laughs) But Young Justice is gone.
0: Boom. How do you feel? I don't know. I just hate the the whole political aspect of all this stuff (laughs) where it needs to be there to make money for toys. And I understand it's a whole business model. But when you have such a good show, I don't know, it sucks. It is it sucks. gonna be re- Is it gonna be replaced with it another? Stinks. Show? Yeah, <laughs> uh
2: Teen Titans Go, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Uh it seems like a very lighthearted comedic take. Uh very stylized look to it. Um, you know, it, it's uh It's not gonna be like the Teen Titans show from the nineties um at all. Uh and I know that I think Tara Strong is a voice of she, Raven, I think, is that who she's voicing? Uh don't remember who she's voicing, but it seems like a very You know, kind of silly take. I I don't know if you saw like the the DC Nation stuff, but they did those interstitial, like, uh, like, like like the, what was it, the Baby Titans, and they did the, the girl one, the one with like Batgirl and Supergirl and whatever. Yeah. It seems like that animation style. Little
0: characters, big heads. Yeah. uh, Superhero squad? The Marvel Superhero squad?
2: Not (laughs) quite that much. Not quite that much, but yeah. And then then the that the beware the batman show, right? Is a mm-hmm. show that's going to be on. So, that's that. So that's it for that was a little news that we needed to get through because there were some pretty big stories that came mm-hmm. out this week. Um so let's move on from that to our book of the week segment. Uh, I will start out and I want to talk a little about Young Avengers number 1, uh written by Karen Gillan, art by Jamie McKelvey. I believe that's how you say his name. Um so uh, I'll start out with this I had never read the previous Young Avenger series. Uh, Alan Heinberg, I believe, is who wrote that series. Um, so I wasn't familiar with a ton of these characters. I was really most... i with Kid Loki. Obviously, we've talked about him plenty of times from Journey into Mystery. And I had seen a couple of the characters in the point one issue that we had read, but I was kind of going in kind of blind uh, reading the book. Uh, and I think that... You know, I, I was worried at first, not only in the characters, that I would be lost, and the book definitely dives right into what's going on, but they have some pretty powerful, I think, emotional exposition scenes that are happening that I found myself very connected to what's going on with these characters almost right away. Uh, you know, a lot has been made of the look of the book, and I think it... The, The art is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Such expressive faces and just a a style that I I, I don't think it's going on in a lot of other books right now. And what they call the music video fight scenes, which are these, you know, two page spread, you know, many paneled things that have these differently lettered, like big word explosions, you know, like what's either what's going on their head. And it's almost like lyrics to a song, uh, really stunning, stylish, beautiful stuff. Uh Bob, what did you think? you read Bird before we started? Yeah, was
3: very, very interesting. I know none of these characters mm-hmm. except uh the Protector, you know, the or, or Marvel Leftover. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but again, as you say, you jump right into it, you get his moment with mm. uh is
2: that Miss, Miss America? That, that, no, 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 that that's, that's uh Hawkeye. It's Kate Bishop. Oh, that, oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
3: I'm yeah. sorry. Um <laughs> yeah, we get Miss America later on, yes. It was different than I've seen. Mm. Um Lovely relationships in the book, character to character. They're human in mm-hmm. a way that you don't see so much of, except for Loki, who isn't. Yeah. who's <laughs> <laughs> hanging out in the diner. Um, I may have to pick, start picking this one up. I really enjoyed I just read it 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. There's that panel you're talking about. Yeah, There's yeah. It's really an amazing page.
2: Yeah, it, it's
0: crazy. Um, Rob, what did you think of it? Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, the original Young Event... Uh, Young Avengers series yeah. was high on my list back then. Uh and I mean this just jumps right back in. Great characterization, uh like you said, great art, panel layout. Mm. Uh I mean if if you want more from the two then uh Phonogram. Phonogram, right? Yeah. Yep. Another great series. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so all around, I was very <laughs> excited for this. It's it's been super hyped online and in the stores, and uh, yeah. How did it end up selling, by the way? Oh, great, great. great. I mean, it sold out day one it, at the distributor level. So, wow. If if you couldn't find it in in your store, it's definitely coming to second print.
2: Nice,
1: Steve. What about you?
0: Phonogram, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I read a portion of that. It was a weird book. Mm-hmm. It was very, uh, like high fidelity for mm-hmm. snobs mm-hmm. kind of thing. Cool, though. I liked it. Uh, I, Young Avengers was so good. It was so good. I, I enjoyed seeing some of these characters again. Uh, I loved seeing, uh, Hulkling and, and Wicked. Uh, not Wicked, Wicked. Wicked, yeah. Wicked, Wicked. <laughs> um, you know, it, it goes into the, the whole thing with um, just how there's more and more, um, like, homosexual relationships in mm-hmm. comics. And when it's handled with class and when it's handled with love mm-hmm. and when you can, you can feel that in the pages and just the two pages, the way that they react to one another, it's nice. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, really, it's really cool. Uh, I laughed my ass off mm-hmm. for another thing. The, the whole <laughs> dance party uh, yeah. <laughs> when they when they wake up was fantastic. Loki, the scenes with Loki were cool. I, I love the idea that he's back. And I just, I'm pumped. I thought it was a really good issue to introduce everyone. I felt like everybody got their page or their shot mm-hmm. to give you enough of who they are. And the final pages were awesome because yeah. not only does something happen that I've I've known about for a while that mm-hmm. I was really surprised that they're going to go into that, but then they flip it. And it becomes something else entirely. Yeah. So very, very, very cool. Number one, uh, I'm super psyched for it.
2: I'm. I, I was. I'm really loving kind of what Marvel has begun to do over the last, I guess, year, year and a half or so. Is they've so inter- introduced like this line of books that is very, very fun and v- very stylish. Like this and Hawkeye and FF and Daredevil and like these books. They just have this you know this feeling to them that's different than everything else is going on you know and it, it was funny um you know mara who is on the site one of our contributors on the site you know tweeted out seriously asking not snarkily asking about fun books that are that dc puts out and you know the only thing i could really think of was world's finest i said world's yeah. finest you know there's some gentleman laughs there but when you look at dc's line it's you know it is probably a little bit more stylistically cohesive as far as the universe goes, you know. But they don't really have a variation in their main line of books that that has anything like Young Avengers or it's very ha- serious, very serious, or Hawkeye or FF or you know any of these books. So it, it was just an, I, I never had thought about it, you know, because I'm because I'm buying both companies, so it doesn't matter to me because I'm getting that from Marvel. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even think, and I when I started looking about, it, I was like, well, this book is. Has fun things to it, but it's definitely serious. You know, I'm looking, thinking of all the books that I read. I'm like, no, I could, I couldn't generally say that any of these books is, you know, lighthearted. And you know, there, there's none of them are lighthearted. Interestingly,
3: with Marvel, though, even though they have characters in lighter books, their characterization in the more serious ones, the Avengers that are in Avengers Assemble, mm -hmm. don't read as off-model when you read Tony in Avengers. Still no, still the no. same guy. Yeah. It's a lighter afternoon. Mm-hmm. He can make a bet about going to the South Pole or whatever, but he would.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and that's one thing I got to thinking about, you know, we do criticize a lot about the amount of X books and the amount of Avengers books, but I do feel a little bit like the differing titles allows for that kind of breadth of, of tone. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Avengers Assemble wouldn't exist if they didn't want a book that featured a lighter tone than some of the other Avengers books, you know? And I I, kind of, I like that idea. You know, I like the fact that if I want something about, you know, uh, young, a young Avengers in a, in a dark book, then you go over to Avengers arena where they're literally trying to kill each other. And you go to this book, which is full of, you know, similarly aged characters, but doing a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I really like that uh, about the line of books that they're putting out right now. Um, yeah, I and I I was struck like season about the relationship between Wiccan mm-hmm. and Hulkling. I I had no experience with that relationship at all, and it came off feeling very real to me. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, Bob, very much like people. They feel like people. You know, they have their ups and downs. They have their issues, but they 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 get through them or they fight like people fight, and they're trying mm-hmm. they're trying to be better. You know, um, I I think it's interesting that he starts out this with Loki obviously having some sort of plan or instruction yeah. that we don't know about you know and you know the miss america thing which she was awesome in the little bit of time we got from her you know uh you're saying? Sassy. well yeah, the, about
0: the two three years ago there was a mini series called vengeance so i mean this isn't the first loki miss america mm-hmm. kind of interaction okay hmm. in that series there was older loki and her Aww. so okay. she that, that's been around for a bit gotcha
1: have you whoa? <laughs> have, you, have you read the Avengers: The Children's Crusade? I have not. No, I need to loan that to you because okay. that's how I got comfortable with these characters. That's mm-hmm. how I know about some of the underlying things
2: that are going on in the book. I'll loan it to you. Awesome! It is, yeah, it's awesome. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, and I just I'm really excited to see what comes next. The, like I always talk about Hawkeye. Just the 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 way the books put together is almost as enticing as how well it's written. You know and. I love I loved it completely. Um, I want to talk real quick on uh, Kenny X Force number one. Um, more m- more because I just finished the remainder run of X Force, and Yay. I know you had written your review, Steve, about your, mm-hmm. you were not being sure about you know how much you needed to know about on Kenny X Force before reading this I, book. I enjoyed it, but I felt left out. Mm-hmm. So, which is funny because I feel like if I had read this without reading the other stuff, I would have liked it more. Huh. It's interesting because. The way that, and I'm not gonna spoil anything about Remender's on Kenny X Force because it's it's such a great read and it's something that I think everybody should check out. And again, it's one of these things—the varying tone of Marvel books. On Kenny X Force is serious; it's very serious, mm-hmm. um, but very high in adventure and and very you know it's what X Force is supposed to be. It's a you know the kind of the covert team of X Men t- carrying out hits, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't want to involve the the more idealistic ones in what they're doing. So it's Wolverine and Deadpool and these guys, um, Age of Apocalypse, Nightcrawler, and, you know, a couple other people, uh, Psylocke and uh, Phantom X. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way that he writes, Remender writes Psylocke and Phantom X, two characters I didn't know much about before picking up the book, uh, became quickly two of my favorite characters going, the way that he wrote them, uh, especially Phantom X. And... And I gotta say, as much as I've enjoyed what Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan are doing with this Deadpool, the way that Remender writes Deadpool is the best I've ever seen the character written.
0: It's a whole nother game.
2: Yeah. Because he still has the humor. He still, you know, he still has, he still mouths off and he's, there's not really him talking to the audience though. Like he'll kind of a side talk, but it's Mm -hmm. more like he's insulting the people he's with and doesn't want them to hear. I mean, just can't help himself because he's a little bit unhinged, you know? Okay. but they use this humor, you know. He he they use kind of his uh you know his mercenary nature, but they also show you that there's a reason why the the heroes at large don't just get rid of him, don't take him out of, of the equation, because he does have a heart, and he is in the, in the end just kind of like this little dog, you know, trying to play with the big ones, you know. And he, and sometimes he goes wrong, but when written the right way, you know, it's you're able to take that character from being kind of a wise ass to being somebody who wants to do the right thing, and when he does do the right thing, it's really, really effective. Yeah. And yeah. his
0: his payoff scene, not spoiling obviously, yeah. is it's just such a revealing part of his character. Yeah. So
2: Yeah. And it's also it's also shocking in the last issue, you know, you've seen them through every issue wearing the kind of the grey X Force attire. When you see him in the last issue in his red Deadpool attire, it's it's really kind of, you know, kind of shocking. Um one thing about that book is the way it ends with Silock. And the way this book starts I know there's been A six month gap But She does not feel like The same person Ooh. At the end of that book She feels like More like this I like from the middle Of Uncanny X-Force You know But even a little more Unhinged than that So The book does You know I think I think We've, we've all read it here right mm-hmm. The book does Kind of Intonate that Something happened In those six months To kind of drive her A little bit Weirdo um, You know Steve You enjoyed it. You felt left out But what did you like About the book
1: I like the art like the art yeah yeah i like the art um particularly the colors the mm-hmm. color work i thought was really good the whole uh dance club scene yeah was great mm-hmm. uh i liked the overall uh, the the bulk of it the mm-hmm. whole i don't want to spoil anything but the whole uh club with the the hive mind with the the drugs mm-hmm. and all that stuff yeah. uh i thought it was a very gritty setup mm-hmm. for for an book, but um they're like you mentioned, Phantom X. Like I don't know, I don't know anything about yeah. Phantom X, and yeah. this this issue did not help.
2: Yeah. Well, the end. It's just that one, that one, that right. really but one moment.
1: You know, we this character is this. This happened to them, and now this is the result. And yeah. I'm just like, um, okay, yeah. yeah. And you know, as a number one, it it it's feels very unfulfilling Mm -hmm. uh i do want to read another one maybe too just to you know give it time to kind of fill in the gaps or whatever but um yeah i mean it was it was decent it just it wasn't the friendliest Mm -hmm. of the marvel now number ones that i've because i've read all of them Mm -hmm. and i it's definitely in the zone of of one of the more unfriendly titles since the launch of this this whole not reboot
3: bob what did you think well since i haven't read it in 15 years i was more left out than (laughs) you were (laughs) <laughs> Phantom X know nothing mm-hmm. uh, That's not the Betsy I remember from mm-hmm. years ago So I, I got really Not much out of this It's yeah. it's not a badly done book But mm-hmm. I couldn't come in And grab anything here
2: mm-hmm. um, I would ask you I mean There has not been a six month period Between these two characters But You've read all the Remender Uncanny X-Force mm-hmm. She seems to be cursing An awful lot In this book Which is not something that She even did in the Remender run uh, not that, you, not that you, you know, every writer has to write the character exactly the same because there is a lot of stuff there from Betty that we are experiencing in the mm. in, in the other the, one that is still here. It still feels like the same person, but an, a person in a very different place. So that what bothered you, me the the cursing? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think about that?
0: Again, everyone's going to have their take on a character, yeah. and she's obviously not a happy character. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm the kind of person that tends not to curse a lot, but if you mm-hmm. get me in a certain situation, then mm-hmm. I'm letting F-bombs fly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I can understand how people are kind of disappointed at the choice of words, but, you know, I, I'd say give give it a couple of issues. It's, I'm
2: definitely going to. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I like the way the flashbacks were kind of
0: stitched in there. I, I like the way they were visualized as well. But mm-hmm. And I like that, you know, like you said, you had just fin- finished mm-hmm. the the one run, and you haven't, Steve. You haven't read, I haven't read that anything. at all. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of like the opposing mm-hmm. uh, take on it. Yeah, from from both views. Mm-hmm. I want to. I'm
2: interested to see what what Sam Humphreys does with this story because I got to imagine he's going to go in a very different direction because you know Remender's run is it's these huge like these like, these, like it's like it's like three. First of all, it's like one thirty five issue storyline. Broken into three separate, you know, huge, like operatic, like nine part stories, basically. Mm-hmm. You know? And and so I can't imagine that he's gonna try to match that sort of storytelling.
0: No. I've I've talked to him a couple of times. He's he's got a very twisted mind. Right. Uh I like him a lot. He's one of the nicest guys I've talked to, like at the con scene. Mm-hmm. Uh awesome hair. And uh <laughs> Yeah, if, if you haven't, go read "Our Love Is Real," because which you read the, yes. a long time ago. That was one of like yes. the first,
2: yeah. yeah, the first couple of weeks of doing this. or That whatever. was a
0: good book. Yeah. Uh-huh. well,
1: that's him. <laughs> um, yeah. The one thing that the book did make me want to do is it really made me want to play Marvel vs. Capcom three, <laughs> really, really bad. Um, I even went to GameStop later that day and I had it in my hands. Oh, really? It was like the new because I haven't played like the final cut or whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is with Hawkeye yeah. and Iron Fist is in there now. Mm-hmm. And now that like that we've been doing this, I know who a lot more. Yeah. And then I'm like remembering my game. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, I could play a spiral. I'm like spirals <laughs> in that game. Like, am I going to actually want it? Or Dr. Strange. Yeah. Like Dr. Strange is in the new one. And I'm just like,
2: Oh, and, like, <laughs> but I didn't buy it. I wanted to, but I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I really, re- I mean, I recommend anyone go back and read the Uncanny X Force run. When I was saying to you, we were talking about this via text message yesterday. I think it was, it, it's one of the more cinematic, like arcs I've ever read. It feels like a movie trilogy in in a in comic book hmm. form. You know, it, it's just, and again, like it's it's, it's serious and and it has you know really complicated morality in it. You know, but um, I think. Like I said, I love that it exists alongside this this more like fun loving. It was basically running around the same time that you know Daredevil was running, and it's, it couldn't be a more opposite book. And I, I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, if, if this was translated into some sort of other media, mm-hmm. be it a, like an animated trilogy or yeah, or an actual on screen, yeah, I would go nuts. Yeah, because absolutely. Just the the characters and the scope and yeah. the the locale, everything is is. Great about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was asking Bobby yesterday actually. I was like, okay, well, if if you would have finished this by the time your top ten list had come out, would it have made it on there? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It would have been very high too. Really, uh, really high. You know that would have pushed saga off the list then. Probably, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah. putting it out there. Yeah,
2: it, it most likely would have. So mm-hmm. yeah, I loved it. Completely good. loved it. Good, good. All right, so <laughs> for me, Bob, what about your book of the week?
3: Sure, uh,
2: as usual, it's a
3: quick little mess of stuff Winter Soldier number 14 ended mm. And with a whimper, not a bang okay. It's a storyline that went on a little too long With the Black Widow and brainwashing And it, the book's going to continue But apparently not for too much longer There are rumors that it's going to oh, really? be canceled So hmm. we'll see how that goes uh, Uncanny Avengers 3, we waited months
2: Yes, it's like two months
3: and not so hot. There's some beats that I just don't quite get. There's, yeah, we were talking
2: about this over the weekend, yeah. actually. Um,
3: I mean, what? W- well, what you have here, you, you know, you've got Captain America setting up this team to mm-hmm. allow for the X Men Avengers cross so that we'll trust mutants more. And, you know, he, it was pointed out to him he didn't do enough for the mutants mm-hmm. back in, in the day. Yeah. So he's appointed Havoc the team leader. Mm-hmm. So there's a great moment where they're, they have to deploy their forces. And Havoc turns to Cap, who turns it back to him and says, well, you're the, you're in charge. Do mm-hmm. something. And he, a little yeah. catch of breath, and he does everything. And then later on, the Red Skull has mind-controlled everybody mm. since he's got Charles Xavier's brain stuck into his somewhere yeah. with staples or something. I'm not sure <laughs> what. And you see Steve fighting to get control back. Great. Mm-hmm. He's Captain America. He gets past it. And then we have to show it again yeah. to have Havoc sort of give him a slap in the face, you know, snap out of it, kid. Yeah, smack. It's useless beat.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like you need to, you can have one of those two times, but you can, and I don't care which one because both of them do. Both of them show off something you want to show off, you know. I, I think the second one is a little bit better only because it shows Cap able to overcome this thing and it shows Alex mm-hmm. taking charge of the team that he's supposed to be leading.
0: I think that's what they were more going for, just to show that off.
2: Yeah, but I feel like it's because they but they reuse that same thing, you know, they reuse the Cap starting to like, you know, get inside his head, you know, Red Soul getting inside his head. And I feel like using that twice is a little tough. You know, it, it, it especially in the same issue. You know? Um I I overall enjoyed the issue. Uh, I liked the voiceover actually a lot, and I, I apparently it's getting a lot of criticism uh, and a lot of reviews. But I liked the uh, the voiceover. Yeah, and, I do too. It, it felt made it feel really epic to me, um, and I liked the characterization of Cap a lot in it uh, for the most part. Um, I liked the bizarreness of what the Red Skull is doing mm. and his minions that he he has with him. I you know that stuff I thought was really good. Um, but he's yeah. got a
3: nice power base here that we haven't seen him with before and mm-hmm. it's a really evil thing he's doing. It's a yeah. little heavy-handed obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we're, it's camps on the holocaust and that's yeah. where we're heading and mm-hmm.
4: you
3: know, maybe a little lighter moving forward <laughs> just just for that. But again, mm-hmm. not the disappointment when a soldier was but not spectacular either. Right. Uh, Minutemen ended before Watchmen mm-hmm. I thought kind of nicely. I didn't I didn't I haven't read it yet. Okay, um, so I wouldn't say I heard anything, it's but,
2: really really depressing.
3: <laughs> yes and no. That's what I heard. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> did you read it, Rob? I did not, oh, you're not. Okay. Um, and then for me, it's it's FF three. Okay. Mm-hmm. S- surprise! And there's an <laughs> FF book on my list. Um, as we ended the last issue, we've got a visitor from the future who's, who says, "Well, the Fantastic Four are dead." Mm-hmm. Which, okay, what was this? They're going to be back in four minutes. Well, maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. They discover, people haven't read, they discover who this character is with the help of an old-time FF character, Wyatt Wingfoot. And Scott Lang says, oh, we have to go do something. But to do that, we have to get Darla Deering back, Mm -hmm. who's back doing her concert. Great little fun moment as, you know, he's delivering flowers with himself in it, yeah. which is pretty funny.
2: <laughs> I love the expression on his face he's when said, he's standing on uh, the bar with this stupid <laughs> grin on his face. This, I, put, oh, I
1: tweeted a picture of
2: that. Oh, yeah, it's
3: like, oh, no, she's crying. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. terrible. Well, her first line is, who would spend just 20 bucks? Uh, yeah. Great. Uh, and she gets her little party there crashed by the Yancey Street gang, who's still who's still steamed. There's no Ben Grimm to make fun of. <laughs> So they go after her. You're no thing, and you're no Fantastic Four either. So I mean, that page where uh, elevator on one side, staircase yep. on the other, oh, stuff great. in the middle yeah. is mm-hmm. just an amazing piece. Mm-hmm. Mike Allred, who we all know from Madman and everything else, we had him here on this show, who we're all used to seeing as just all humor, and that's still there. But the shots of mm-hmm. Darla as she comes to realize what her new place is are Mm -hmm. just heartbreaking Mm -hmm. i mean there's some you know we we did get some grief for putting him on our breakthrough artist list Mm -hmm. despite the fact he's been in this business for 20 odd years it's this stuff that's the breakthrough it is something completely new and different Mm -hmm. and he's just bringing this and again you talk about the differing tones fantastic four and this can't be more different yet Mm -hmm. more alike at the same time
2: yeah absolutely it's just so colorful it's like explode. It's Duke. The colors, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is. It's just an explosion of colors. You know, sometimes, like the page where, uh, you know, the character that we shall not name is having like his flashback. Yeah. It's a crazy amount of color. You what know. What about
1: the final pages with the? Uh, oh
2: yeah, the the New Year's the, Eve thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, the confetti. confetti. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, He's drawing every little strip of confetti coming gorgeous. down in time. Yeah, squares. it is absolutely gorgeous. It is gorgeous, um, and emotional too. I mean, I. There's a panel, you know, where when Scott is kind of deciding to get Darla back and there's that quick flash and it's almost it really is a flash cuz it's not even a fully realized illustration yep. of him holding, you know, his loved one and it, you know what happened is tragedy that befell him and that stuff's great, you know, it it really is a very layered book with mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Rob, what did you think of it? Uh Great book. Talk in the microphone.
0: Sorry. <laughs> no. Uh no, yeah. I it's a definitely a great book. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot of fun. I always have loved the ANSI Street gang and their <laughs> shenanigans, yeah. I should say. Uh so I I love how they're modernized, you know, afraid that pictures are gonna get sold off to like websites yeah. or newspapers. Uh Internet jerks as Scott calls them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, I mean without adding more mm-hmm. it, it it was very very good
2: yeah. the, um and the, I, I love the moloids, i think they're the gen the gen the gen <laughs> is like and I, li- I literally laughed out loud at reading it when th- that part I, happened
0: i was definitely sad i mean obviously it's a big story beat but sad at what happened yes and surprised but i'm sure there's going to be a Mm-hmm. an explanation for yeah. what goes on and the
2: end too is interesting because the end is really kind of dark in tone you know what they decide to do is mm-hmm. is not a, a fun-loving you know we're just goofy yeah. adventurers kind of thing you know um but it's just that it's kind of like you know that Shaun of the dead thing where if you pack enough you know fun into something you go to like people so much that when you hit them with that thing, other thing, it really works. And I think that's kind of what's going on here.
0: Now, Bob, I know you're a big She-Hulk fan, mm-hmm. old school She-Hulk. Yeah. And She-Hulk has not been written well for years, I would say.
3: Yeah, Dan Slott did okay. Peter David did okay. I love okay, the Dan Slott but, stuff, yeah. yeah.
0: But I mean, I'd say the past three or four years, she's kind of been in limbo. So what do you think of... Uh, I want a Matt Fraction She-Hulk. <laughs> oh, that would be great.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, And I'd love All Red to do it, too, while mm-hmm. we're at it. Yeah. Um, y- there needs to be a book for her. I mean, she's been in all these super teams, gotten canceled I don't know how many times, mm-hmm. including the famous covers. Well, that's it. Now I'm coming to your house and ripping up your X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, she's being played here as she should be. She enjoys being the She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. She's having a great time wandering, carrying Reed's giant machines. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> ben Ben would grouse. She just picks it up and moves on. Right. Yeah, this it's really done well. You get to see all the kids for people who are wondering that the, you know, all the Future Foundation aren't showing up here. Mm-hmm. They're all getting their their little moments and we'll see more. We do have this, you know, the, the Jen moment here with the Moloids.
2: Oh, and the Bentley twenty three moment where they, yeah. they talk about the villain. <laughs> killed me. It killed me. <laughs> what was his line? Wicked? Wicked, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how impressed he is by all that. Uh yeah, that book that book was great. Yeah. That's uh, it for me. All right. Steve, what about you? FF is my favorite book. <laughs> um what about me? Let's see. I'm
1: going to go through a quick little list of things. I read a lot and a lot uh a lot was really good. So, <laughs> I can't really just pick one, but mm. I'll go through really quick. Uh I finally got the chance to check out X Factor, mm-hmm. number two fifty. This was a jumping on point. The uh Hell on Earth War. Yeah. And hell spelled the regular way. Yes. Yeah. Not with some weird hyphen in it anywhere. <laughs> um I'm I'm down. I liked it. It was cool. Uh completely new characters, don't know any of them yet, but mm-hmm. it was it was welcoming. I liked it. Yeah. Uh I caught up with
2: Indestructible Hulk.
1: Very cool. Still, mm-hmm. love the yeah. artwork. I
2: loved issue three.
1: Yeah. Quite a lot. Uh, caught up with Avengers Assemble, Kelly Sue DeConnick, wonderful. Wolf, uh, make me a
3: sandwich. Yeah,
1: not <laughs> not where not where I thought it was gonna go, but mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised that it's different than what I thought, and I'm I'm like I'm welcoming it. Awesome. Uh, I I know you were talking about Deadpool before. I loved the shit out of <laughs> Deadpool number four. The Marilyn Monroe stuff in the first couple of pages was gold. <laughs> so there was that uh Avengers number 3 I nearly I it's spectacular yeah <laughs> it's spectacular yeah. the idea that Hickman pulls pulls something together by the end of this issue that you know it's not the last and you know I'm being very vague here mm. um just how how this started just 3 you know 2 issues ago even with a number 1 um to have him wrap up events in the way that he did, to have it be so satisfying within Mm. such a finite period of time and to not even have it be like a, like it is a big thing, but not a big thing in the Mm. grand scheme of things to, to end it that the loyalty that was there, the, the like relationships between uh, rulers and leaders Mm -hmm. and representatives of races and planets and stuff. Just awesome, mm-hmm. the idea that he's going to be on this book for uh, years to come, assuming mm-hmm. I, I can't even i can't even begin to describe my excitement for that. Uh, I freak out every time this book comes out, mm-hmm. and there's another one coming out today, yeah. yeah, and I know people are complaining about the double shipping, not me <laughs> give me some more uh Batwoman caught up with Batwoman Batwoman number fifteen was really cool, but uh, I haven't even finished reading it yet. I'm about halfway through Batwoman 16, and I gotta tell you, it is phenomenal. Uh, if you're not reading Batwoman, if you're if you want straight up Wonder Woman, this newest arc of Batwoman is your story. It is sick. It is absolutely sick. The artwork in this book is unreal. It, it's no wonder that he got Artist of the Year. Like he just he did, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. He did. Yeah, yes. He good. Did. Well, damn it, he deserves it. Because there's about like twelve pages in this book. I mean, every every page is beautiful, but there's a lot of double panel or, or double page spreads that are just I can't even imagine how he they crank these out.
0: Well, what they did for that book is they pushed all the ads to the back of the book. So that mm-hmm. is one straight read until you hit like the last five or six pages. I wish they would ads. do that with every book. I don't yeah. know why they all of a sudden let him do that for for that issue i mean hell i love it because those double plate page spreads are some of the most beautiful looking things mm-hmm. um yeah so i mean i'm very glad that they let him do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now where does that storyline begin is that 12 or 13
1: uh what do you think or on that one, one 14 Wonder 14
0: 14? Oh, really? yeah. mm-hmm. hmm. 14 15 16
4: okay
1: uh and yeah so then uh my other thing is that I've been collecting the Marvel Masterworks Fantastic 4 volumes mm-hmm. uh I'm one book away from having 1 through 60 so I'm going I'm going through them one by one and mm-hmm. I've read I think 5 issues so I've seen the Fantastic 4 introduction to the scrolls I've seen the introduction to the submariner and Doctor Doom's first like it is for for finding my my favorite team and my favorite whatever going all the way back to the mm-hmm. very 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 beginning has been just awesome uh it takes a while it's definitely something you have to dedicate yourself <laughs> yeah. to it's there there's there's a lot of words mm-hmm. there's a lot of them and there's a lot of like this happened in between these panels. You know, you don't get to see this because we got to move this along because it's long enough already. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool how they break them apart into chapters and there's kind of a, uh, almost like a cover per chapter within a book. Uh, I kind of, I liked that. I kind of miss it, even though I wasn't there for it. Right. You know? So, uh, just really 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 cool and i i can't wait to read more of them i mean it's been like my my pleasure reading uh series but it's amazing how long it takes mm-hmm. to go through them i mean it's not like it's difficult to read them but they're just there's a lot there's a lot of panels there's a lot going on mm-hmm. and looking at the old artwork as opposed to the newer stuff like i was just talking about how ridiculous batwoman is if batwoman is that you're going all the way back to you know Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, where background things are just like everybody's red, everybody's <laughs> green, everybody's blue, right? You know, and it, some of the expressions, especially on on Johnny, he's got that goofy like almost like he's in a Mentos commercial, <laughs> you know, like he needs that little like flare on his teeth, mm-hmm. ding.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's fun, and it's it's fun to hear like the old. The old rank outs are hilarious. Like the teenage kids and the way that they (laughs) they pick on each other. And I just like nobody would you'd be laughed off the playground if you said that. (laughs) Long time ago. I am very envious. And I got to see Johnny shave the submariner with his finger. He burned his beard off. amazing yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that uh oh, no you know what no. it wasn't a good thing for him yeah, no to do it, let's just say it that way nobody's gonna go back and read this i they should the Don't thing say something like the that. thing is blackbeard how awesome is the pirate Oh okay. It turns out yeah. that if you go back in history, that it was the thing dressed up as Blackbeard, <laughs> and he he mar- the Giganto, I think it's called. Oh, I love that. The, love
3: that moment. The
1: biggest, like the biggest the sea creature, monster. The biggest sea monster, and the thing goes and straps an atomic bomb to his back and marches down the thing's throat <laughs> and throws the bomb into his stomach, <laughs> and cl- it was just. It was so over the top, ridiculous, but it was so cool. That's so, what the Submariner did
3: stuff like that.
1: I'm really, really. I know I got to see the the Sue and Submariner first lock eyes, so that was where that started. <laughs> and just the idea that it goes back that far
4: mm-hmm. and
1: echoes of things that I read now there. It was all the way back then that there are mm-hmm. you know little hints of things, and it's just it's so cool to see the origins and the history and the first times of all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's my little... More, uh,
3: and more to come
1: as Yeah, you keep moving Book forward. of the week rant mm-hmm. of all yep. the amazing shit that I read. <laughs> you
2: only have like 500 and something left. Yeah, man. <laughs>
1: I'm going to do it, too. I believe you. I absolutely believe you. You'd there's be no, a fool not to. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt in my mind. Well, if you get them in the collections, like 10 at a pop plus annuals, mm-hmm. it's not, you know... It's not so bad, but I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to take a break somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I think 1 through 60 will do me for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, So, Rob, finishing off with you, your book of the week. Uh, I mean, there were so many good books that everyone talked about. So, obviously, I probably would have picked Young Avengers. Um, Okay. But I am very happy with where Justice League has been going. Mm -hmm. So, Justice League 16, kind of getting into the the whole big Throne of Atlantis storyline, mm-hmm. it finally feels like the DC universe is opening up, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you look at all the other DC books and it almost feels weird when another character shows up, mm-hmm. you know, like an issue of, let's say, Wonder Woman where the Flash shows up. It just it just seems odd. It doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. But, but now with, with Justice League... Um, having to call in more members, um, kind of under attack from from Aquaman's um, brother. Orm. <coughs> mm-hmm, Orm. Yes. I am Orm. Um, <laughs> Will one day be Ocean Master? Yeah. Orm. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, y- you could feel their struggle. You could feel that they're definitely outnumbered. Um, I mean, my only problem with it, it, it kind of feels like the... Was it in the 80s? They did the uh, Submariner story, the Atlantis well, it's attacks. attacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, with all the soldiers rising from the ocean, mm. and it kind of feels like that a bit. But when you have such similar characters, I guess you kind of, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of have to expect yeah. stuff crossing like that. Yeah. Um, but finally, epic cyborg moment with.
2: Oh yeah, great th- cyborg stuff. Stuff that I've, you've been kind of waiting for to happen since issue one. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. And. And then just with him, him going and and calling in the troops. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited looking at at what's to come. Yeah. So props to DC. Hopefully they they just keep on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I don't know. The universe just seems so closed minded yeah. to me. It's it's weird because I I love DC. I'm not I'm not ripping on them. <laughs> I absolutely love them. But mm-hmm. I I just. I'm not going to say I want it like it used to be because mm-hmm. I, I like a lot of the stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. But I just want the relationships to feel like they did. Mm-hmm. And
2: Yeah. I mean, they've been saying that right since the beginning that they weren't going to open up the universe for a while. They were going to like let the books be their own books and then start to build out from there.
0: But do you think that's hurting them?
2: I don't know if it's hurting them. I mean, they, they seem to be doing fine. I mean, I, get me wrong. I think it's hurt Justice League. For most of its run, I think that's the book that's really suffered the most even though I don't think it's ever been bad, but it's been on like this line of good to mediocre for our, for most of its run except for a couple of bright spots here and there and I think that's because it feels weird like you were saying it like none of these other characters you know Greenlander's doing his own thing in his book flash is doing his own thing in his book you know Batman's in his book and they're never intersecting with each other in their own books in any of those main books you know or in Action that you don't get a lot of that intersection. So Justice League feels a little bit weird because it feels almost like a story outside of continuity, almost, even though it's not. But it feels like that because, you know, th- th- none of these things are having implications. Like Scott Snyder's Batman is never talking about when, you know, uh, Dark side right Mm -hmm. I can't always say it wrong dark side showed up you know and how that's how you get friends with Superman or blah blah whatever they seem to only talk about that stuff when they're in Justice League Mm -hmm. and that's good to an extent because you don't want every book to feel like it's referencing another book but I feel like the reason why the Thorn of Atlantis is working so well is because it is intersecting it's taking the Aquaman world and directly throwing it into what's happening in Justice League so you feel like Aquaman is very much a part of this larger universe. Mm-hmm. Well, um,
0: yeah, that's what it's going to be because yeah. after this, where the Justice League are and the help that they need, mm-hmm. it, it's bringing in a lot of people from a lot of different series.
2: Yeah, and it's definitely setting up what the, 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 the JLA. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's giving you the reason why that book has to exist, which it comes out next month, right? starts next month.
0: Uh, February? I think it just got delayed. Oh, really? Yeah, from, from what I read. The first and second issue got pushed back.
2: Okay. I know, but, you know, it, it, and at the end of the book, I mean, I'm not going to say why it happens, but they have to call in reinforcements, and it's Element Woman, mm-hmm. uh, Green Arrow, mm-hmm. Black Lightning, Vixen, mm-hmm. uh, Zatanna, mm-hmm. Shazam, Gold Rush, Hawkman, Black Canary, and Firestorm. So, you know, you're bringing in a lot, a lot of different you know books and worlds into that into justice league
0: and then i mean just with what we know who is on justice league Mm -hmm. uh catwoman yeah uh yeah i mean there's still a couple of people that aren't shown that yeah
2: that are gonna kind of find their way in Mm -hmm. boz obviously Mm -hmm. so Um, it's it's
0: someone from every little kind of corner of the dc universe
2: and what do you think of uh the ivan rice art
0: i like it a lot yeah I the, up the Superman to, that
2: panel,
0: one Super out, yeah. <laughs> glowy Superman shot, glowy eyes, looking and like all. Superman.
2: Um, and then that the double page of the of the Atlanteans coming out of the ocean is just like amazing stuff to look at. So I mean, obviously it's a, it's not a it's not it's a, it's, a, it's a not a visual podcast, but I'll show the other <laughs> it's other very two visual. Members. Imagine if you will. Imagine if you <laughs> will. Um, yeah. So I mean, what has your thoughts been with Justice League before this?
0: it basically mirrored what you just said is that it definitely hurt that Mm -hmm. it was its own little thing Mm -hmm. and it just, it felt so weird. Yeah. Um, especially like the couple of green arrow issues there were, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was, it was paced, paced wrong is, is is, is what I would say.
2: Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Absolutely Mm -hmm. agree
0: with you. I don't think any of these characters seem like they could ever be
3: friends. Right. It seems like across the entire line, almost everyone's mm-hmm. written to be solitary, brooding, loner. If you're with someone, it's begrudgingly. And and that, that's mm-hmm. okay. That's your yeah. tone. Great. Mm-hmm. Right. But that is what's going to then bleed into a team book. How how do they reconcile? He's this way in his book, but differently over here.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't think The Flash is written that way. I think The Flash is definitely written... More light. I mean, he has some drama going on in his life, but he's much more open, much more lighthearted, much more you know friendly to people. And I think Hal is written still pretty much you know like Hal, kind of buccaneerish, you know you know whatever. Well, um, he hasn't changed at all. No, he hasn't changed no, at all. So uh, you know, so I feel like those characters definitely feel it. I feel like a lot of the characters that have been central Justice League before, you know, like Hawkman and stuff, are not written very well in their own books. So it's yeah. tough to feel them or Firestorm. It's tough to feel like what they're going to be like in Justice League. But if you get Jeff Johns writing those characters, you know, maybe you, those characters get kind of a you kickstart, yeah. you know. And that's what I like about the j, uh, JLA stuff is all those characters up until a point feel like they've been characters who have been let down by the, <laughs> the, the reboot of the universe. You know, um, obviously Green Arrow is going to get a j- shot in the arm starting in February when Lemire takes it over. But oh, yeah.
0: yeah, I wonder how that tone's going to translate. Yeah, I don't, I don't. know. No one knows. No, yeah, we don't
2: know what it's going to be like <laughs> yet. Um, but what I'm is glad the Martian you're Manhunter,
3: and all list.
2: He's going to be in JLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, okay. he's going to be in JLA. He's been in doing Storm Stormwatch. Watch. Yeah, oh. for for the, <laughs> the beginning of the book. What a waste! But not for the last couple <laughs> months, right? No. Yeah. So let's see happens that. I'm glad you're enjoying just Like, what have you been thinking of the Shazam backup?
0: I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. Uh, definitely a character that needed freshening up. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a little preppy kid, uh, still speaks like he's from the 50s. <laughs> um, yeah, so someone that needed to be modernized.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still a kid who becomes a giant man,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, but he's not saying golly and gee right, in no. <laughs> two seconds.
2: Jeepers.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, yeah. I, I, trust me, I, I'm lo- just gonna say I love the the old Shazam. mm mm-hmm. But, I know Billy
3: Batson in a hoodie doesn't do it for me. It's modernized.
2: It's not really, but the costume is not really a hoodie. It's it's a it's a hood. You know, it's like every you know, a lot of superheroes have hoods. (laughs) It's like a green Green Arrow hood, Mm. almost. All right. Um. So Justice League number sixteen. So that's it for the book of the week. Um. We'll take a short break and we'll come back and we're going to talk about what we'd like events to really be like. Are back and like I said earlier in the show, uh, we've been talking a lot. You know, of course, this whole summer was filled with AVX. Uh, we were discussing last week a little bit about events, and then you wrote this mm-hmm. editorial, Bob, about you know a crisis on Infinite Earths, and you know was it a, a big missed opportunity? And I, I feel like you know we often talk about what things are doing wrong, but this is our, our kind of opportunity to you know we'll, we'll talk about the things that they do wrong, but also talk about solutions and things that we'd like to see. Um, the companies come about with. So, Bob, I mean, you've obviously been reading them the longest. You've, you've experienced just about all of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think
3: the only one I missed was Captain Marvel versus the Monster Society of Evil back in the 40s. But <laughs> beyond that, um, what, what I want, honestly, is a little more self-containment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, it, it's really good. I, I have here in front of me the Avengers Defenders War from the 70s, which came about because Steve Englehart was writing... Avengers and Defenders and Marvel wasn't going to put out annuals that summer, which was the, what they always did. You always got a bonus. So he figured he would create his own annuals by linking the two books together in a story that went, you know, every two weeks from the bouncing back and forth of the books, but they didn't go anywhere else. They stayed within the seven and a half issues that sort of is here. When you're forced to buy books that don't amplify, enhance or even reflect back to the story you're reading, what was that? It's, we're haunted. It's ghosts. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have watched those horror movies yesterday. Um, what you end up having, it's it's the money grab we talk about. I'm now buying books where, and it happened with Crisis, there'd be one panel of a pink sky, and that made it a Crisis crossover. <laughs> it, it was, you bought it, and you just felt cheated. Here it was, all splattered across the cover. Crisis, mm-hmm. here. yeah. The word Crisis is in my pocket. hmm And at $4 a book, not so much. So I don't know you'll ever get a... uh, How many writers were there on AVX? A lot. Six, seven? Yeah. Everybody who wrote for Marvel? Yeah. If you do it the way DC just did with the Animal Man Swamp Thing, Mm -hmm. the whole rot world where you had two writers, two books, occasionally drifted somewhere else, it had a nice feeling of continuity, issue to issue, comic to comic. I'm for that. I, I wouldn't mind that as an event. Having it in... Every book and derailing the momentum of everything you have, an entire line. I stopped reading Supergirl just because of this heel, heel, heil, whatever the hell they call it. Pun intended. Um, Now, narrow the focus. You know, having writer boot camps, have everyone sit together, come up with an idea that sort of wrecks everything, except it doesn't have have real consequences that's the other thing
2: yeah that's what i wrote in my notes too i you know, took some notes about this i agree with all you're saying i think that you have to you have to make a decision you have to either do something that's self-contained that you know what what Rot world is doing is they're showing you like uh, this horrible f- possible future that could happen and there's obviously gonna be some way where they're gonna make it not happen you know and that way there's no effect on the past you know you, but you get to have but there's an effect on the characters. Like there's emotional effects on what these characters are going through. And you know, if Abigail Arcane ends up, you know, meeting her demise, or, you know, Buddy Baker's wife ends up being her demise, that doesn't have a giant effect on the DC universe as a whole, but it certainly has an effect on what these characters are going yes. through. And <clears throat> Or if you're gonna do something that blows up the world, you have to follow through on that. You can't, you know, say you're gonna blow up the world and then, you know, two months later. It, everything is back the way it was, or you're going back and everything. Like when I started reading stuff, I think that fear itself had it kind of just ended with, with Marvel, okay. and you know, except for a couple of books that had like that shattered heroes banner laid on them, I wasn't really seeing effects of fear itself, you know, rippling throughout the Marvel universe. Um, and I feel like if you're going to do something that is shattering, you sh- it should be shattering, you know. Then you your job to pick up the pieces and get it back to where it's supposed to be, you know. You, you have to make a decision. I, the, the the kind of straddling the line between each one, that's the problem for me.
3: Right, that was the... Oh, I'm sorry to jump in here, guys. The only thing that... The best thing, really, about AVX is that you really did seem to have beyond the out of series it's about consequences. Yeah. It really does seem, for the time being, to have changed things. hmm And that will probably go back the way it was. Right. But Civil War, which started promisingly, went down the drain with some characters that were... Arguing the other side of the discussion That they mm-hmm. were before Reed Richards was for And then against mm-hmm. And Secret Invasion kind of went nowhere It would have been nice to have Okay we're going to reset everything We mm-hmm. can bring back some of these characters who've been ruined mm-hmm. Except no we didn't Everything's mm-hmm. sort of right back where it was So you, you, as a reader You invested time and money In reading this that went Oh it was fun but forgettable
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, Rob How many events do you go back and reread now, years after the fact? Uh,
0: I've reread quite a few. Uh, The Crisis stuff, uh, so Infinite Crisis, uh, Identity Crisis, Mm -hmm. Crisis on Infinite Earths, Mm -hmm. uh, Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet. I've I've reread all of them. Okay. Mm -hmm.
3: I find I can't. Crisis, yes, I have a couple of times. Um, Most of the others pass from memory, and they're in the boxes.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Robin, let me ask you, which company do you think does them better,
0: event-wise? Honestly, I don't think either of them okay. do really well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, some of my favorite ones, like Bob said, are kind of self-contained. Like, Avengers X-Men was going on right around when Spider-Island was going on. I enjoyed Spider-Island, mm. which was, what, like 12 issues or so. Mm. That was awesome. Self-contained, had other Marvel Universe characters come in, do their thing. And another one that they did, kind of Spider-Man-wise, this was more of when I was a kid, but Maximum Carnage. Um, Another Mm -hmm. 12-issue series kind of went over all the Spidey books. Again, Cap coming in, Firestar, all these big Marvel heroes at the time, and villains. Um, And it it just felt... You could feel the ramifications of it Mm. at the time. Um, But uh, in terms of universe spanning, I just don't think it it fits well. And honestly, the way they write them, they obviously do it for the money. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why Civil War did so well for Marvel. Then they went to Fear Itself, Secret Invasion, or Fear Itself, let's say, and the whole aspect of civil war the the heroes fighting each other that's kind of what sold it to the greater public mm-hmm. uh, the non comic reading public seeing captain america fight iron man and it's like oh you know i've always dreamt of that obvious we as the 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 guys who read it week to week to us it it's going to seem kind of weak mm-hmm. but when you're drawing in new readers it's it's those kind of images that are, that are going to bring them in and that's Kind of what brought them to do Avengers versus X Men. It's mm-hmm. it's another hero fighting hero kind of thing, and uh, yeah, people could sit there and and trash them, which a lot of trashing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the stuff sells.
2: Yeah, it sells really well, really well. Now the Civil War thing is interesting because w- but when I wasn't I wasn't reading comics when Civil War was going on, and I remember I was working at Best Buy and my friend who worked with me was telling me about the event and I was really intrigued by what he was telling me. You know, the, the idea less the fighting and more kind of the, uh, character interaction, those characters got me interested. So I read civil war and my biggest problem with civil war is that, and this problem, with a lot of these things is especially in the, in Marvel events is that it doesn't feel when you're reading it separately like an event, it feels just like another stop along the way for the story. And when civil war is over it doesn't have a ending. It has like, and then all of this stuff is going to happen, you know? And so you don't get this sense of closure to what you're reading. And it didn't make me want to read, keep going. It made me want to not, I was like, I can't invest in all of this, you know? Yeah. I mean, the
0: best thing that came from civil war and I don't know if Bob, loved, no, but I don't think you like the stuff The Ellis Thunderbolt stuff, the whole, all the penance and the speedball slash penance. Not you as much. Like, no, I liked it a lot. I don't mm. know. Uh, if you haven't read Ellis's Thunderbolt stuff after civil war, mm. definitely worth it.
2: I, and I'm sure mm. like, you know, all these things have things that come out of them that work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my thing too is we talked about, you talked about crisis of the earth. That's how we kind of got to this. And, and I don't want to see if I'm going to ask you your opinion on this too. Um, <laughs> I hope I have one. <laughs> no, you will. Uh, you know, cause you read blackest night. Yes. Right. And you read Blackest Night kind of independent of really anything else. You didn't read Green Lantern right before it, and then you kind of picked up reading Green Lantern in New 52, but you weren't in that DC world at that time. No, Um, There's something about DC events that feel more self-contained to me. Like, I can read Blackest Night without really knowing a ton about what's going on and get a lot out of it and get a finality at the end of it. Definitely, that I feel like there's more stuff I could read, but the story I was reading was over. I mean, what did you, when you read reading Blackest Night, you got a lot out of it, right?
1: Blackest Night was awesome. Right. It was awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, I, I. it's funny that when I read Blackest Night, I think I said this on the show when I talked about it that week, that uh, people had told me what it was about, but me being me, Mm-hmm. i would forgotten because that's what I do, <laughs> but it's almost it's almost to my I mean my my brain the way it works it's almost to my benefit because you know I reread things and it's new again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I read Blackest Night and I first of all I was super impressed mm-hmm. and it, I was so impressed that it it got me reading the Green Lantern universe. I mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I well with the exception of the other two books from the last week uh in the event that's going on now rise of the third army uh, i didn't get guardians and core but um i've been reading it and it was so cool to see that event affect like like the the radius of it just mm-hmm. the the amount of different universes within the dc universe that it affected mm-hmm. it affected batman it affected like you know yeah all these different people that it reached all these heroes that it reached out mm-hmm. to and the whole, like, you know, rise and they're all just coming yeah. back from the dead. I was really, really wild for uh, to, you know, to know what the, the Green Lantern universe or Jeff Johns was capable of doing mm-hmm. with a character that I'd never read before. Right. Um, it's one of the best. I mean, I haven't read many events, but if somebody asked me, like, what's a what's a great event to read without even knowing if they're a Green Lantern fan, I would tell them to read Blackest Night. Mm-hmm. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah. That's
2: it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I awesome. mean, and Bob, what do you think of that? Like the difference between Marvel and DC events.
3: Well, just just that finality. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they rebooted afterwards. Yeah. But you still read the thing and walk away saying, "I read a complete story." Mm-hmm. There's a repercussion for this moving forward, but I've read something. Yeah. Uh, Marvel has basically been doing an event now for seven years, <laughs> one leading to the next mm-hmm. with barely a break. We're going to start another one again. Mm. Uh, and as Rob said, since it's all been heroes fighting heroes, I, I, we're fighting. Why we mm. disagree over I don't know parking spaces or shawarma <laughs> or whatever we're disagreeing about? Where's the Galactus story? Mm. Where is the the threat? You know, in Crisis, where it was everything is coming to an end unless we fix it. Blackest Night is bring back your loved ones mm. and confront you with all mm. your emotions. Yeah. It's it's a bigger issue, mm-hmm. even though Marvels are supposedly bigger issues. They don't ever feel that way to me.
4: Yeah.
1: Don't worry, Bob. We're going to get to that later.
0: Okay. <laughs> when, yeah, when, I read, when I read my um, thing. Steve's event. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
4: my
1: poorly constructed event. Oh, God. Well, that,
0: <laughs> again, with the Green Lantern stuff, what's going on now is just the continuation of everything that's happened with the Sinestro Corps War and Blackest Night. Like, literally nothing has changed. So you can go and read Sinestro Corps War, and blackest night and jump right into this new Green Lantern Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's cohesive. It's, you know, kind of, kind of mainstream. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, like also there are events like, you know, um, identity crisis, like whatever you think of what happens in that book, that it's a very tight, you know, murder mystery story that, you know, even if you don't know the characters, you know, you'll know the main characters, but even if you don't Mm -hmm. know the kind of characters who are the pieces moving on the board, there's enough there for you to grasp onto what's going on and you get like a, a, a fulfilling arc to what's happening. And, that's, and then when it's over, it's over. Of course, there are ripples that happen throughout the universe. And in fact, when you read Identity Crisis, there are ripples from Identity Crisis that happen in Blackest Night. You know, mm-hmm. And you get more out of Blackest Night if you read Identity Crisis,
0: but you don't have to have the other to like the other. You know what I mean? It's funny because for as much as people crapped on that series... I, at least three of my best friends that I made when I moved to Massachusetts, I gave that book to, Mm -hmm. and they've been lifelong readers of of comics since, like, weekly, Mm -hmm. going to the shop, and all because of that series. Right. So, yeah. It's just some of us old-timers who dislike... Some of what right. got done. I
3: don't want to spoil Identity Crisis right, no. in case someone wants to go yeah. buy this now. But
1: I do.
2: Yeah, I actually have yeah. it. I'll let you borrow it if you want. Sweet. Um, and the thing there's and the thing too is, you know, we talk about you know, we talk about criticisms of books a lot, and there's a difference between, and we talked about a little bit last week. This point, there's always going to be stuff we don't like. You know, there's stuff that we that just our opinion is I'd rather this character have gone there or this do that. But there's a difference between that and a book that doesn't execute on what it's trying to do. You know, right. Like the 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 big death in Avengers vs X Men, I I think they are, they've earned it, but I think that and like you said, there's repercussions coming out of it. But you know the way they got there, it was the way they got there that was more the problem than what they did. You Absolutely. know, people might have a problem with the the big death in AVX. And but like your actual problem with the, who died and who didn't isn't as interesting to me as how they got there you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and i feel like that's a lot of the problem
3: especially when you read some of the comments from some of the people involved in creating it who Mm -hmm. were well there was no way to write that character anymore Mm -hmm. no that's just lazy yeah there are plenty of ways to write that character that Mm -hmm. you just haven't found or don't remember and so we'll do this because it'll be impactful we'll get a quick news story and
0: (laughs) eh. one siren man got up from that desk then then AVX kind of worked for me like the last three or four issues.
2: He was sitting at that desk for a long time. He was reading that book for a very mm-hmm. long time. Great book. Uh, it was <laughs> it a must really have been. It's a page turner. Yeah. yeah. Um, or he's a slow reader. <laughs> and you know, the other thing too is uh, during AVX, let's say, I, I feel like uh, events, I-, I-, I like the fact that they have overarching consequences for the universe, but I don't feel like they have to pull every book in their radius in into a, a tie-in story. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, especially books like um, Wolverine the X-Men and Uncanny X-Men, they were doing their own thing for a while, and then because of the AVX, AVX story, they get pulled in to having to tell mm-hmm. an AVX story, and I feel like it hurts those books, you know? It helps them in one way, because people are more likely to pick them up if they have the AVX logo at the top of them, But they're not really getting when they pick it up the story that's been going on, you know, because you see now what's going on Wolverine and the X-Men. It's kind of gone back to the way it was before AVX, where it's really entertaining, funny, you know, bizarre book. But during the Wolverine, the during the AVX storyline, while it was probably one of the more enjoyable crossovers of all of them, it was not telling this kind of story it had been telling for its entire run. You know what I mean? Mm
3: -hmm. Which is even worse than having a cheat tie in. Right, yeah, because <laughs> now now a book I am enjoying you've now taken my enjoyment out of because now you're mm-hmm. not that's not the book I was reading before,
2: right, uh so I mean, for me, you know, do your event you know y- if you want to do a twelve part event, that's fine, but just have it exist in its twelve part station, and yeah. your characters can come in and out, you know, and this is obviously a universe wide event I'm talking about, you know there are many events going on all the time, you know the death of the family stuff is very much just batman oriented. And even that stuff, books like Batwoman aren't even a part of it, you know, because, you know, Snyder will talk to the people who writing the Bat books and go, look, is there any way this can fit into your story? And if they say no, then it doesn't become part of the story. Um, so, you know, that's a good way to go about it too. Throne of Atlantis is just Justice League and Aquaman. It's a different story than what other stuff we're talking about, mm-hmm. these crisis and, you know, secret invasion storylines and stuff. Um, you know, and I also think that there's something you said for using lesser known characters in these giant events. If you have this chance, this huge stage to show off the books, you know, are going to sell, you know, feature some characters that aren't necessarily your go-to characters. Cause maybe if they're the stars of these events, maybe they will become characters that you can launch books onto,
3: you know? Well, the Kree squirrel war, we go back. Captain Marvel got a nice boost back in the, the original Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And is it a spoiler alert to say Rick Jones has a big hmm. <laughs> big moment in that story from all those years ago? Where out of nowhere, the character you couldn't expect does something amazing right. and changes everything. Mm-hmm. But again, it was, it was in one book and never went anywhere else but, what, nine inches of Avengers?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. bits and pieces? Yeah. So, you know, do, sorry, Rob, go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Uh, going back to a storyline that Steve uh, brought up before, but the Young Avengers, the... Children's Crusade. Children's Crusade. That didn't show up. That was its own thing. Mm-hmm. And it had everyone in it. And yeah, it took a while to come out. But <laughs> as a whole, it's it's awesome. Reading it all in one shot. Mm-hmm. I remember I read it on the
1: train going to the city. And reading it all at once, it was
2: it was awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: It was yeah. If, if that would have been marketed properly, they could have easily had something big going with that.
2: Well, the funny thing, too, is especially in the case of Marvel, like, <gasps> you know... 95% of your biggest characters are on one team anyway. So yeah. every month or every two times a month, there's an event book coming out because you have Wolverine and Spider-Man and Captain America and Thor and all these people in one book at all times, you know? And that, so that, I think, cheapens the look at all these heroes in the same book storylines because they're already there. But and, they're not fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have to find something else to make it special. You know what I mean? You have to find that other thing. And I I think, you know, like what Rot World has been doing, it's finding character-specific things to highlight. Because that's stuff you can change, and it doesn't... And it's not this, oh, we killed somebody, we're going to bring back in two months anyway type of storyline. It's, you can change characters, you can give emotional payoffs. And that's why I think a lot to... One of the things that DC is doing now that I think is better than what Marvel's doing in some ways is... A lot of these creators are creating new villains and new characters in these books, you know? Like Snyder with The Court of Owls, Even and Lemire has even said with Green Arrow, he's going to create a rogues gallery for him, because he feels like his rogues gallery is not great, you know what I mean? Create personal relationships, create characters, and then, you know, not just use as cannon fodder, but you look at what they did with Coulson in the, the movie right. franchise, that character becomes expendable only because it's an emotional payoff that you can hit, without having to kill off a character, but not really kill off a character. But, you know, so I feel like that stuff, you, you need something like that in, in these books mm-hmm. to give it a punch. You know? Well, as we were talking
3: before, you know, Jonathan Hickman's Within Three Issues has started, wrapped up a story, and will move it forward, mm-hmm. what will be three years worth of Avengers stories, yeah. with brand new characters mm-hmm. that we know you're going to see that will have repercussions throughout that book and probably other Marvel books who will visit what's going on. Mm-hmm. Ultron again?
2: Well, I mean, but the, 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 I, I, I'm not super excited about the Ultron event. I will say this: it does it does uh, solve one of your issues, though. That's a big villain that they're going to be fighting. You know, it's not them fighting each other; they're going to be fighting Ultron. Yeah. So at least you have a big bad for them to take on. But like you're know, saying the the Hickman Avengers book it, that feels like an like an event to me. You know, it's so big and so epic and so powerful that you have to, like I said, come up with something else for, for the event stories to make them feel like they're important. You Maybe know what I mean? They
3: took a year off from events. Well, I mean, that's it's what... Just to put it back... You know, let's yeah. restart. Let Let everything have a nice status quo. Calm mm-hmm. the waters a little bit. And then pick something up. Find that, that big story, not just we need to have an event, what are we going to do, and yeah. cobble something together.
2: I mean, that's what DC's been doing, right? I mean, they have these little mini things that happen, like, the, contained within their universes, but not until, what is it, a Trinity War, right? That's the thing that's going to be coming up, it's this year. Uh, it's supposed if, to be. If
0: they get to it, Yeah, um, it, it's definitely been pushed back from, yeah. from when they said... It'll be out
3: when Multiversity is out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but
0: that's supposed to be in a like a the big universe spanning event. For yeah, that th- their last one was Flashpoint. Right. Uh I have a feeling if Batman wasn't doing as well as it was, mm-hmm. then it'd be a different story. Yeah. Um they might have kind of pushed some stuff forward. Uh they have the throne of Atlantis stuff going. But again, them doing an event, it it wouldn't work because right. no one knows each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Absolutely. Um But yeah,
2: so and I also think that um consistency of writer and consistency of artist is important for an event and the other thing too is i i want big expansive epic stuff but like we've been talking about marvel on the show you got to you can't forget the other side of your universe you can't forget the light side like the action the funny lighthearted action movie side of it too there's no reason to just get rid of it when you go into these things you know there are these characters that exist and are Behaving this way all the time, so
0: why not marry those two things? You know. Well, like like you said before, uh, kind of having something with the lesser knowing characters, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, when I think it was about two or three years ago, Marvel did a cosmic thing. They did Annihilation. They had right. the War of Kings. Uh, a whole bunch of the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Nova, Darkhawk, all these people in space. That's probably been their best crossover slash event. That almost no one read mm-hmm. um, So yeah If you haven't read Definitely go back Check it out Because uh, there's definitely Some great moments there mm. Well I mean like I said Like you know When I read Young
2: Avengers Or when I read X-Factor Or when I read X-Force Or when I read The, you know, the Dark Avengers Slash Thunderbolts mm-hmm. book The one that I've ever read That There's something Exciting about reading Those books Because Not just I don't know Those characters But it all, the characters Also feel like They're all in play You know, because if you, if you kill off, you know, I'm just going to say Wiccan, you know, yes, a small subset of people are going to be really angry about that, but you have the ability to do that because it's, you know, it's not going, it's not killing off Spider-Man or Captain America, you know, who you have to bring back at some point anyway, because you got to have these people in in your, in your books because they help sell books. You know, you can kill a character like that and it can have a real emotional effect that kind of spreads out through your line. And I, reading these books, you you never know who's safe, and that's one of the essential elements to drama is not knowing who's safe, you know. And and I always know. Listen, Captain America is gonna be safe. He's not gonna like he might die for a while, but he's gonna come back, you know. Yeah. So he's safe. You <laughs> know. So I want characters who I don't know are safe in, in these books.
3: Well, it's the one thing that Crisis did in in its time. It's the pre-internet age, right? So when you get uh how much can i say about crisis, crisis? of okay it, it hurts, so we, you know we, on. right yeah. so issue 7 comes out and yeah. there's the cover of superman holding the dying supergirl right. in his arms mm-hmm. that is still an iconic image It's yeah. one of the greatest covers ever drawn and it mm-hmm. was no they're not doing that mm-hmm. oh yes they are right mm-hmm. and because you knew they were their endgame was going to change the way their universe was going to be mm-hmm. for for good or ill that moment affected people and right. then as we get to the end of that and barry makes the ultimate sacrifice right and he didn't come back for how many years a was it? A long
2: time. It wasn't the John stuff, yeah. right? 15 years, maybe? 2006. Yeah. 20, <laughs> year, 20, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. So that held. It held yeah. true.
3: So again, it's that in-play moment. Now, as you say, no matter how much destruction there is in New York and however many Avengers mansions they've blown up and <laughs> right. Baxter <backs> buildings, <laughs> it'll be there. You know, wait yeah. a couple of months, it's there. And so that that eliminates that. And mm-hmm. that's, that's too bad.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Steve... Here we go. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about events that have happened and what we kind of want uh, in the future, but you kind of came up a little proposal. Yeah. A little rough outline. I completely
1: misinterpreted what tonight's topic was, is what it's happened. It's but you, you
2: misinterpreted it beautifully, though. Yeah. So... <laughs> because right. uh, you still have the spirit of the of what we were going to talk yeah. about.
1: No, oh, I do, yeah. I do. Um, so tell us about your event. Well, let me just let me just explain this a little bit because I want I want people to understand where this is coming from. Okay, first you have to remember that this is coming from me. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> you have to remember I wrote this this morning on the back of a file folder while sitting <laughs> in a courtroom library. <laughs> so I had a I had a lot going on, and I had this idea because the idea was to come up with events and, mm-hmm. and, you know, celebrate events. So I thought, why not make my own event?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the thing that I that I want people to remember is that this is going to be like a self... It, it can be self-contained mm-hmm. or it doesn't have to be. I haven't worked out every angle of this. <laughs> it's a comic book. So if I screw this up or you're going, you know, you're going to be like, you can't do that because yeah. this happened. No, I can. So... Well,
3: I'm already gonna start keeping score of which right. ones you All can right. and So can't, this is so. this is
1: my idea. Okay. I would absolutely love to see a future foundation power pack and runaways crossover.
2: Okay.
1: Let me tell you my idea. Okay. Okay. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> the curtain the curtain opens. It's Saturday morning at the Baxter building. The first panel is of Valeria, Valeria Richards. She's going to be the main character of this book. Surprise, surprise. Okay? okay? She comes out. She's yawning. She's got her little feety pajamas on, and she's walking down the hallway and into the kitchen of the Baxter building. She passes the Moloid kids. They're sitting down playing video games. Bentley's, you know, taking something apart in the corner. She goes in the refrigerator. She grabs a drink. Uh, she makes a bowl of cereal. And she sits down at the at the kitchen table and she's eating her cereal and she's kind of looking around and she's noticing that the Baxter building is rather quiet. There's not a whole lot going on and she hasn't seen her father, she hasn't seen her mother, she hasn't seen her Uncle Ben or Johnny. None of the adults are around. So, after clues upon clues... Valeria, she starts walking around the Baxter building and she goes to all like a lot of like the classic locations. Like you see Reed's think tank room with all the stuff written all over the walls. It's empty. You see the gym where Ben likes to where the thing likes to work out empty. She goes into Johnny's room and this I thought was hilarious. She goes into Johnny's room and she flicks on the lights to see if he's in there. And it turns into almost like a Family Guy quagmire, like disco room. (laughs) It's like a classic FF moment where she's just giving like a roll of the eyes and a face just to add a little bit of humor to like the tone of what's going on. Uh, Just to let you know that it's still FF. And basically, she pieces together that in the middle of the night, there's been this uh, almost an alliance that was formed of all these celestial villains, all these beings. So you have. A world where Galactus and Thanos and Terminus and, and uh, Annihilus and, you know, I guess Kang or the Scrolls, whatever the combination is, they've all come together and they've decided that they need to remove the, the element of—they the, feel that the Fantastic Four and the people that they're connected to, their friends, whether it be the Avengers, the X-Men, or whatever, in order for them to take over the world to conquer it, they need to take them out. So— Valeria basically, she goes into, I think I'm skipping around. Doing she, fine. She goes and she, she basically, uh, she goes and she creates a, dist- a distress call to anybody who will hear it. It turns out that it's only kids that are responding. All the adults in the Marvel Universe have disappeared. They're gone. She finds out that each one of them has been scattered through space and time. And everybody mm-hmm. wants answers. So she calls a meeting and asks them all to come to the Baxter building. And they they meet in that room where there's the big, long table. And she's sitting at the head of the table on on a stack of, like, phone books or something.
3: Reads technical
1: manuals. Right. And everybody's kind of, like, you know, semicircle around the table. And they're like, what is going on? And she says, you know, these people have taken the ones that are close to us, that are dear to us. And I want to get them back. Mm Mm-hmm. And basically, you have that whole scene of where, um, like, they're all like, you know, well, what are you, you know, why should we listen to you? Mm -hmm. What are you, you know, we could go off and do our own thing. She's like, well, we're going to do that. She's like, we're going to make teams. But let me tell you something. She's like, they came into my house. They took my mother. They took my father. Uh, Franklin's going to be gone, too. You took my brother. You took my uncles. That... I, I I already like you want to know why you should listen to me is because I've already figured out how we're gonna get them back. Mm-hmm. That's why you going to listen. Line. Yeah, uh, I had a quote. I didn't read it because I'm nervous about this and scatterbrained. <laughs> but anyway, so I thought it would be really cool if they. It's basically like a call to arms, and all the kids, all the teams, come out. The power pack, the full power pack, comes back to the Baxter Building. They're all there, and they basically she assigns teams. And has a machine that will send everybody to the destination where she believes everyone will be and everybody can retrieve who they're missing. Mm. And one of the things that happens at the tail end of it is right before they're about to take their leap and go and get their parents back and search for them and look for Johnny and the thing. Mm. There's a knock at the door and they open up the door and it's the runaways. They come in and they're like, we want to be a part of this. We want a piece of this. And Valeria basically asks why, why do you want to be here?" And they say, "Well, we want to help you fight we, we you know they the whole thing with the runaways with the parents and mm-hmm. their whole relationship thing. I think to have the runaways in a book like this uh that it would teach them a sense of family, something that they never really got out of their own series that they their their parents were villains and mm-hmm. They never really connected with them. That I think throughout the story it would teach them what it is to have a sense of family. So I thought that would be really nice. But the one stipulation of gaining their help is that they want something in return. And without spoiling the runaways for people, they basically want Valeria's help because they know that if anybody can do it, she can. They want her help in getting someone back. Okay. And they say, if if you help us... We will help you, mm-hmm. and their first stop is to go and get Chase, which is where they left off with the Runaways. So they go, they get Chase, they step through the machine, and that's the start of of the the event ah, or the arc.
3: That's a great callback to Valeria's origin too. The whole I, needing, needing someone's help.
1: I think it would be really cool to see to the like it's, I've always talked about her being my favorite character. That you have this, you know, in Hickman's run, she's three that she governs these people that that there are people that have lived a thousand wars that come to her for advice that it would be a really cool uh story to feature her and to show to show the the maturity of her character so that by the end of it you don't see her as a child Mm -hmm. she is but you don't view her that way she almost becomes she assumes the role of like the sue storm of of the future foundation, right. she takes over for mom in mom's absence, mm-hmm. and the whole thing with Franklin being gone because obviously he's way too powerful to have in the story because then he could just snap his fingers and it'll be like oh well everybody's back. Mm-hmm. He's in some kind of a he's being heavily guarded like the most out of all of them. He's in some kind of a prison stasis mm-hmm. thing where he cannot. He's out. Um, the turn of the turn of the event would be him something happening to one of the family members and it triggering something in him inherently and he mm-hmm. wakes up within that stasis mm-hmm. and all hell breaks loose and he's pissed and it, you'll get to see the coming of age of his powers. Because they still, as far as I've read, haven't shown all that. They've hinted at it and they've told you that it happens. But we haven't seen mm-hmm. what happens. What if it was like, you know, an emotional trigger that you took everyone, he he wakes up and finds out that everybody that he loved is taken away from him, mm-hmm. and it just explodes. Right. That's that's my idea. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking about this morning.
0: Love it. I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd definitely read it. Uh, I mean, DC kind of did something like that.
2: Oh, I'm
1: sure it's been done. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I know. They, they, they had the world without, without grown-ups. Grown-up yeah, yeah. 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 You, they did that in Young Justice, too. Exactly. Yeah, That's, that's yeah. what yeah. it all stemmed from. But yeah. to see kind of a Marvel counterpart, I mean, like every event has similarities to another event yeah. from the other mm. company yeah so i would love to see a marvelized version of, of i just that. i i and, love the young characters Yeah. i oh, really yeah. do yeah. i yeah. just mm-hmm.
1: they're there's i mean i you know i love the big heroes too but they're just there's a different like qual- i you know i write about animation i like a lot of you know child oriented things i just i've never lost touch with that mm. and i I love seeing them placed in ad- adult situations or a situation where they need to step up. I think mm-hmm. that's when you get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to have a crisis like this going on where you remove that guidance and that element and they have to fend for themselves and they need to figure it out mm-hmm. to have this little girl be, you know, the pin in, in, in the machine that makes everything or, you know, the oil in the machine that makes it all work mm-hmm. and she's got the plan. And that she's rumored to know her stuff, mm-hmm. and I just think that it would, it would be a really great uh, opportunity to see her do her stuff and her become a commanding force. You know, it's always it's things that are always hinted at, and you got to see a lot of that in Hickman's FF. But I just, I don't know. I, I think this would take it in a different avenue. I wouldn't say to a different level because that's just being ridiculous. <laughs> but um I don't know. It was it was something that I would that I was kicking around and the more I think about it, the more details uh, I come up with. Mm-hmm. And if I had to have anybody write it, uh, if it wasn't me and Bob that, <laughs> that wrote it, uh, I would love to see Jason Aaron mm-hmm. give it a chance. Uh, I would give him a chance with the characters. I think uh, seeing what he's done with Thor, uh, the new Thor God of Thunder, uh, just... Grave circumstances, but epic at the mm-hmm. same time, and I would love to see the artist on Avengers, uh, Jerome was it Opeña, Opeña. 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 Yeah. I would love if he did the art. I am mm-hmm. really, really, really digging his art in Avengers. I love;
2: it, they look like paintings. It's yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um. I mean, to the same extent, what you're saying about the young characters and loving them, like having to step up. It's the same reason why I I, I like the lesser known characters and kind of the underdog characters in that same way you know and that's one of the things I like about Uncanny Avengers I like Alex having to take this leadership role and stuff and you know similar to what you were saying a a situation where the big guys like Wolverine and and those guys are kind of out of commission and these other lesser known guys have to step up to the plate Mm -hmm. you know that's a really interesting you know idea to me
3: well I love it without us consulting back and forth about what everyone was going to say what you wrote Mm. incorporates what well, we were just saying before yeah. here. Yeah. Smaller characters more self-contained. You can see it drifting into maybe Young Avengers. Well, yeah. that's
1: the thing. You could you mm. could have tie-ins if you wanted to. Mm. You know, what are the other teams doing? What mm-hmm. are where did they go? Right. Who are they getting back? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you chose to go that big with it. You wouldn't have to. Right. But um, I just I don't know. I think I think it could lead to a lot of powerful character moments. I think mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. And uh I would keep it I would keep it light, but I would also keep it, keep it somewhat serious. Mm-hmm. I mean the circumstances of it are serious enough that if you didn't have a, a bit of humor peppered throughout it, I think it would be a little too grim yeah. and a little too um sad. And well, dangerous it's, Yeah, because it's mm-hmm. basically kids, kids. all the yeah. Well, that's um, that's the thing. To, yeah. But the other idea that I was toying with is if you didn't remove all of the adults, if you just took away the Fantastic Four and like their extended family members, I suppose it like it was confined just mm-hmm. to them, it would have also been cool if the Avengers and so and so, the X Men, they came to them and was like, Listen, we can't let you do this. Mm-hmm. You're kids. And they were all like on one side of the table, all of them just standing there like a brick wall and being like, we have the plan. We're doing this. This is our family. Almost kind of like a stay out of it Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. uh, I thought would also be a a really powerful Mm -hmm. angle to go with it.
0: In terms of of just like scope of things and lesser known characters and stuff, the the 12 issues of the Defenders. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the ramifications that that could have had if mm. they didn't do what they did, and, I mean, you kind of saw what went on at the end and how that basically began everything like, with the Marvel well, Universe. Everything <laughs> dies. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that that's one of those stories that that just works in that sense, yeah. and it, it encompasses everything. Mm-hmm. That so. yeah, was on my...
2: Top list of the year Yeah it was mm-hmm. And yeah that's the, thing. That's the reason yeah. I like Defenders so much was because it was a bunch of characters Who don't get a lot of play In the Marvel Universe otherwise You know I mean Like they tr- they did a little bit with Iron Fist In AVX But like they They made him important But I don't think they really showcased him They showcased no. his power You yeah. know
3: in the hands of someone else, yeah. in essence, and, and he was even someone like Mr. Miyagi, That's yeah, all he was. and, <laughs> and even someone
2: like yeah. Hope, who isn't a giant character, you know, even though that that story was basically about her, you didn't really get a lot about her. You got so much more about her in the consequences book than you got about her in the main AVX book,
4: mm-hmm. you know.
2: So those are missed opportunities to me. You, you know, it's like you know, it's what the difference between <clears throat> you know. You know, a, a like a, a Spielberg movie and a, you know, Michael Bay movie <clears throat> is not mm-hmm. level of craft because they're both amazing visual directors. It's that M- Michael Bay makes it about, it's about the spectacle that happens to have people and Spielberg makes movies that have people in them that just happen to have a spectacle. You mm-hmm. know, There's, you gotta, you, you gotta do it. You gotta start small and then get big. You know, you can't start with the big and then throw little characters into it like, care about these people, you know?
3: yeah that's the thing with avx there weren't enough of those the the spider-man moment in was that nine yeah i think it was nine yeah you know great yeah lovely actually the the one moment in one of those new avengers books where he walks away talking to hope yeah Mm -hmm. where
2: you feel like oh that spider-man finally that Mm -hmm. may be
3: my famous favorite bendis moment ever that that little conversation is just Mm -hmm. amazing
2: or the new avengers the first tie-in with the avengers the one with luke cage and jessica jones when you know they have like their It's all about their domestic problems and not wanting to be part of the Avengers. It's too dangerous. What about their kid? I got to do what I got to do. And it ends with him jumping out of the the thing, you know? And all of a sudden there's weight behind what he's doing. It's not just a mass of people jumping out of a a ship. It's people, you know, risking their lives for something they believe in. And that's the to you need to reinforce that stuff. There's no reason for the, you know, we talk about wanting issues to kind of drive forward. But if you're gonna have issues that not a lot happens except for dialogue, there's no reason that issue couldn't have been part of the main series. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you know that stuff is in, you can't you can't subjugate in character stuff to the side and the and the and the through line just be you know the action scene. You know every every issue can't be the
0: end of the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because that that could have worked well in there. And then that uh the was it the Spider Woman and danger. Yeah. Issue yeah. of uh, Uncanny X Men was mm-hmm. that? that issue was awesome. Yeah, and that was its own little standalone thing mm. inside of the event. Yeah, but if you just read Avengers as X Men and and didn't, you know, weren't following mm-hmm. Uncanny X Men, you lost a damn good story there.
2: Yeah, and it's like you know the the the, the Wanda stuff. It, it, it they 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 go into it at some points and then they pull away from it. Oh. You know, and in the end, like, there's actually more happening in these new books with the Wanda relationship to the X-Men than there was in all of AVX. You know, like in, um, what is it, Uncanny uncanny. uncanny Avengers, they, they, they talk about it quite a bit. And right, a, and she and
3: Rogue are yeah. at odds, certainly. Well, maybe there there is <laughs> the alternate universe AVX where they would have put some of this stuff into it mm-hmm. and then it had been a more satisfying thing. Yeah emotional growth and depth and Mm. human characters yeah it's that luke cage moment you mentioned when you get to the next issue it's just him jumping out of a plane beating on people yeah oh he jumped out of that plane about four
0: times he did (laughs) but uh, but
3: the reason why all got lost he was now just another human battering ram
2: yeah and you know not to beat the drum of blackest night over and over again but the reason that works is because you know actually Barry is really kind of the spine of a lot of that story you know and it's about this person struggling to, to try to overcome this giant thing and it's, it starts very human level and then you you know you see this the, 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 this horrible thing start to come into his periphery and he's still fighting through it and the best moments of Blackest Night are those those character moments like when you know wonder woman gets the the ring like the the star sapphire ring it's just an amazing moment you know and it's because you know who she is and you feel the power of that moment and you know that moment could have easily been she could have gotten that ring in an, in a, in a side issue and then shown up you know mm-hmm. but they don't you you focus in on that stuff um i mean that series in itself is all about how your emotional connection to something can you know sometimes ruin you you know and, and so that's intrinsic in the story and that's why that event works so well you know mm-hmm. M- much like identity crisis is a very similar mm-hmm. situation you know it, it's about personal relationships and you know weaknesses and the the secrets that we keep from each other type of situation um you know and just something like i mean Watchmen's obviously completely self-contained but that's mm-hmm. something what that's about you know it's That's just what the best stories are about in general.
0: And again, if if you've read Blackest Night and you have not read the whole Lex Luthor centric action comics run with him trying to find the the uh, orange ring again, Mm -hmm. that is (laughs) some of the best stuff out there. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. who was the writer? You know the writer on that?
2: Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's going into his mode. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's flipping through the rolodex, (laughs) the mental rolodex. Cause I don't know was that was right was that right before? Why do I want to say Lobdell? Was it Lobdell? Really? Was I, he writing action? Look mm, it up, Rob. Mm, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 okay. we'll, we'll keep it going. We'll keep we'll keep it going. You know, and and, and then the you know, DC fans like I, I, last year I was reading through all, like all everything like all of the the Crisis books and uh, you know there's Infinite Crisis which is you know that's Jeff Johns I was saying like, right, kind of right at the beginning of when he was starting to become like, who he is mm-hmm. now. Um, and that features—I mean—a lot of what <laughs> you don't like about superhero yep. comics, you know. It, it's interesting because, but the thing about that book is it deals with those things in a lot of ways. You know, it deals with um, a lot, lot of—it's a lot of Diana in in that book, dealing with the way that she was kind of her character was treated and the stuff running up to that. Her kind of being kind of murderous and, and stuff like that, and her kind of saying, "I need to pull back," and I, I, this, this is not who I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. anymore. Um, again, those are character things. What? Cornell. Oh, Paul Cornell. Okay.
0: Close. <laughs> Bob Del Cornell. Yeah, no, that, I that is I got the close. L part. <laughs> nah. Um,
2: of course, it ends with Superboy punching the, the fourth wall, but um, Infinite Crisis? Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, no, I'm talking about the action. No, I know, but I, yeah. that's not what, oh, what we were talking yes, about yes, while, yes. while we were no. vamping. Yeah, no. yeah. God help me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I don't know what was going on
0: in uh, Final Crisis. All I have I is identity remember crisis. I never read it. I'd <laughs> like to find a lot of people who do know. Yeah. <laughs> the conversations I've had about that book as it was coming out, <clears throat> it's almost like we were holding seminars each each issue, <laughs> and literally like ten or twelve people standing around just giving their own theories, and everyone had their own theory, and no one was right. <laughs> and uh, like honestly, until Morrison actually just sits there and says, oh, "Well, this is what it was." Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's, it's truly out there to, to, to what people think it is.
2: I was burning through the crisis books. I read Crisis Heaven Infinite Earths, and that took a long time because it's a very wordy, thick book. But I got through it, understandable. Identity crisis, easy. Uh, infinite crisis, easy. You get to final crisis, and it was just like a screeching halt
0: of <laughs> I have no idea what's happening, um, which is, but, I guess, one way to go. But, I mean, you were reading the rest in peace stuff. Right, the Batman. Yeah,
2: well, yes, well, no, well, yes, yeah, yeah. I read R.I.P. before I read that, but I still was confused about what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, it goes way off of the R.I.P. stuff. That was a weird book. R.I.P. Yeah, R. yeah. R.I.P. is crazy. Um, but we're getting kind of off the topic yeah. a little bit. Uh, mm. But so I mean, I think that was a pretty good discussion. I mean. I know Marvel's got Age of Ultron coming up and I know they've got something else probably right after that coming up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and,
0: something Spider-Man central coming up again. Yeah.
2: And then DC obviously has the proposed uh, uh, Trinity, Trin- War. Trinity War. Um, which we don't really know what that is going to be quite yet. Um,
0: Wasn't there already a Trinity in DC? A there while. was Trinity. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mistake. <laughs> well, no. That's what it was called. It was called Trinity. Yeah. That was uh, it was 52 then oh well 52 then Countdown then, mm-hmm. then Trinity
1: I have that but yeah. I haven't brought it as any good
0: 52 was awesome sweet
1: awesome
2: alright so I mean I think it was a pretty good talk uh, yeah uh, Marvel don't steal Steve's idea without giving him credit
3: mail it to yourself quickly yeah. tomorrow
2: morning <laughs> I'll mail the file folder back yeah. to myself <laughs> Um. So let's talk about uh, books that are coming out on the shelves today. Uh, from Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time number twelve. Okay, I be free. <laughs> uh, Deathmatch number two, uh, and that's it from Boom. Um, from Aww. Dark Horse, we have Angel and Faith number eighteen. We have uh, Emily and the Strangers, number one of three. Sweet. Uh, we have oh, The Legend of Zelda Hyrule Historia is out this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to be
0: one of the hardest books to find.
2: Yeah. Uh, Orchid, number 12. RIPD City of the Dams, number three of four. Uh, Star Wars Agent of the Empire Hard Targets, number four of five. Uh, From DC Comics, we have All-Star Western, number 16. We have Aquaman, number 16. Uh, Arrow, number 3. Batman and Robin Annual, number 1. Yes. Batman Beyond Unlimited, number 12. Batman Incorporated, number 7. Batman the Dark Knight, number 16. Uh, Before Watchmen Dollar Bill, uh, one-shot. Uh, before Watchmen, Ozymandias, number f- five of six. Uh <laughs> <Bring laughs> it, it on purpose now. Bring oh, it yeah. back. <laughs> uh, Flash, number 16. Uh, Green Lantern Corps Annual, number one. Uh oh, no. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, number yes, six of six. <laughs> I am all about that. <laughs> That's the Origins of He-Man book, yep, right? And the, it's- S-
1: the Skeletor one was awesome yeah. and it's
2: Fialkov again right and it's sorrentino mm-hmm. is doing the art on it yep. so it's the i vampire team so excited did yeah. anybody claim that no i don't think so nice <laughs> uh i vampire number 16 Yay. Uh Injustice gods among us number one which is the video game tie-in book uh <laughs> justice league dark number 16 Yay. lot 13 number four yes oh sorry there's different he-man master the universe number six is a different book Then Masters of the Universe, The Origins of He-Man, number one, one shot.
1: But they're both coming out. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. Uh, Red Lanterns, number 16. Mm -hmm. Savage Hawkman, number 16. Superman, number 16. Superman Family Adventures, number nine. Last one. Uh, Talon, number four. And Teen Titans, number 16. And Unwritten, number 45. Uh, From Dynamite, we have Damsels, number five. Dark Shadows, number 13. Uh, Green Hornet, number 33. Panther, number six. Panther. (laughs) Uh, Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, The Eye of the World, number 32. Shadow, number nine. Um, From IDW, we have uh, the hardcover of The Cape, 1969. We have Doctor Who, Prisoners of Time, number one of 12, which is a tie-in to the fiftieth anniversary that's coming up, so all the doctors are going to be in this series. That's neat. Yeah, I think this one's starting with William Hartnell, the first doctor. Um, Mars Attacks Zombies versus Robots. (laughs) Uh, and we have... And that's it uh, for uh, IDW. From Image, we have Activity, number 11. Uh, Darkness, number 110. Glory, number 32. Hex Slash, number 23. Uh, Happy, number 3. Invincible, number 100. Uh, MacGyver, Fugitive Gauntlet, number 4 of 5. Mara, number 2 of 6. Yay. Uh, Nowhere Men, number 3. Spawn, number 227. Um, from Marvel Comics, we have... Amazingly, no all-new X-Men coming out this week. We have uh, <laughs> Avengers number four. Yeah. <laughs> uh We have Dark Avengers number 186. We have um, Hawkeye number seven. Yes. We've got Journey into Mystery number 648. Woo. Punisher Nightmare number five of five. Punisher Warzone number four of five. <laughs> Let me ask you, Rob. Hmm? What have you been thinking of Punisher Warzone? I love it. You love it? Yeah. I'm not loving it. Really? Yeah. I have a like I love. The Don't Punisher. tell me
1: that because it's the only Punisher thing I've been buying.
2: The the Rucka Run is one of my favorite things in the entire Ruka, world. Ruka, uh-huh. Ruka, 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 but the uh, the the War something hasn't been doing it for me. I feel like it's <laughs> the same issue like every time.
0: Well, it's him interacting with a different character. I know, you know but it's like Spider-Man, the Spider Man Black Woman same though. thing.
2: Except the Spider Man was a little different, but. I, I I liked the ending of it. I liked the conversation between Thor and Punisher, and I like it didn't go the way I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. But it just it hasn't been giving me that same feeling as the mainline run.
0: Well, fair enough. There you go.
2: Uh, Superior Spider Man number two. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got here? We got uh, X Men Legacy number five. Uh, Extreme X Men number nine. Um, f- and uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, and from Zenoscope, we've got Grim Fairy, Fairy Tales presents Sleepy Hollow Number Four.
3: Ooh! One thing before we go too much further, I'd like Rob to speak about the Hawkeye Number Seven.
0: Oh yeah! Uh, all right. It's
3: a special issue.
0: Yep. It's kind of ties into uh, the Hurricane Sandy, um, and there's kind of a big push that Matt Fraction has been going on with, where. Um, sales of the book, any kind of incentive check he gets from it, he will be donating to the Red Cross, it is, mm-hmm. right? Yep, for Hurricane Sandy Relief. Uh, and I know they're—just check your local store, see if anyone's doing anything special, because there are a lot of stores that are doing their own little event. As you are. What are you—, what are you Yes. You're doing a uh, very special one. <laughs> well, any any money that is made from this issue, uh, it's kind of going to be a pay-what-you-want issue. Anything is is being donated. So, any issue we sell, anything anyone gives us it, towards it, we're we're donating. Super, awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: That's great. Um, I do want to hit up a couple of listener stuff before we go because we got a couple emails and stuff, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to. Well, this really fine. I got an email.
3: Check please.
2: <laughs> uh, from this is from Mike. He this is actually says. Hey Steve, what's going on with the Whisper series? I hope the mojo is still working because last time he asked for issue 4 when it was coming out, it was that week that it was actually coming out. Yeah. He's like, "So I hope that issue 5 will do the same thing."
1: Dude, it's a it's a like a month and a half, 2 month seasonal book. Uh, <laughs> it's a quarterly. <laughs> it is it is on its way. There's a actually there is a release date. I think Rob's looking it up right now. There is a release date for the next cover cuz I remember the next cover the Cover of that book is insane. It's like a, a DNA strand with people's arms coming out of their
2: mouths or something.
0: A yes. month from today. A month February, from today. There you go, February twenty seventh. So
1: hit me back again in April, and we'll <laughs> uh, we'll talk.
2: And he also Bob wanted to know what you thought of the uh, I do ADW releasing uh, uh, the Fantastic Four Artist Edition, the John Byrne Artist Edition.
3: I wish I could afford it. Um, <laughs> what it is, they've pulled together an entire story from, uh, I'd say, collectors' original artwork. So it's actually, I think it's a twice up size book for about a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. with I all have... of Byrne's notes along the outside of it. And it's, it's, it, they've done a number of these so far. They've done a Mad, they did a Wally Wood. I have the Remita Spider yeah. Man one. These are gorgeous, gorgeous books. And if you've got a big enough shelf and a big enough credit balance on your card, they're, there's, they're worth getting little beyond me even mm-hmm. at discount but uh yeah uh, santa if you're listening <laughs> also though for people who want these things you have to buy them immediately mm-hmm. they sell out and the price goes through the roof almost within days wow ebay very sure limited. do take
1: a bite don't well, they're
3: very limited editions i think this is i don't know 1500 2000 copies there's some okay. very very small number
2: interesting um and this is a question from Adam, and it's actually good that we have Rob on here for this, because I think he's read this. Um, he said he just finished Whedon's Astonishing X-Men run. Mm-hmm. Is the series worth continuing after he leaves?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not? Uh, I mean, honestly, unless you're, like, super ultra X-Men fan and you want everything X-Men, that that's the basically the biggest storyline of, of the mm-hmm. series, so... No,
2: <laughs> I mean the more recent stuff you've you've been enjoying, right, Steve? Yes, very much. The Margarine y- You stuff. Uh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So pick up those couple of trades. <laughs>
1: um, Valkyrie's been like the new new focal point, and I I enjoy the hell. I think she's hilarious, and uh, get to see a different side of her with this stuff. And uh, there's a it's a very emotional uh X book mm-hmm. I've I've found anyway, and uh, and again it's 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 handled well characters are handled well characters are respected Mm -hmm. in that series
2: i've found so i'm enjoying it and he also says uh this is more of a statement than a question uh that we have to read atomic robo atomic Uh,
0: robo is awesome yeah that
2: they they don't they don't just not anything for an eyes on my ass
1: about reading that so
2: there you mm. go.
1: Can't remember who it was. Might have been him. There's <laughs> always,
0: there's always free comic book day. Atomic Robo.
1: I have a free comic book day. I shouldn't have said then that. Now I have to read it. <laughs> read it. I will. Damn it.
0: I still haven't read
2: Gambit
1: though. <laughs> uh, you had to throw that in there. Yeah,
0: every time.
2: Um, we got an interesting question from. Uh, this is from Jr. from Manhattan. He says. Hey, I just started listening to your show a few months ago and have cut into a bit of your backlog. I really dig the show, even though I disagree with a lot of your feelings about certain tropes in comics. You have pointed me in a lot of cool directions and made me try series I probably would have passed over in my weekly buy. And since you guys seem to have a pretty good collection of knowledge between the four of you and the other dozen writers on the site, I want to ask a question that really confused me about comics. A few weeks ago, I was getting caught up in Batman and Robin, and I read the Zero issue, which went through Damien's history, or more specifically, his 10-year history. Then in the issues where he was fighting the other Robins, his age kept being brought up again and again, 10 years old. Then I remembered the New two event was meant to streamline the DC Universe into a nice, tight, five-year package. Since Damien is Talia and Bruce's son, the two of them would have had to have met and bumped uglies about 10 or 11 years <laughs> ago, which is roughly five or six years before he, he puts on the cowl. Do you see why this is confusing me? I went to Wikipedia hoping for an answer, and although <sighs> he was genetically engineered to be perfect, I couldn't find anything about an enhanced aging process ever occurring. So is there something I missed to explain this or should I just throw it into the wibbly wobbly timey wimey folder of things just don't make sense but don't really hurt the story in any way. Hope you guys answer the, this on your next episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> throw it in that folder. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean yeah. if you want to read the conception just go read uh, is it Son of a Demon? Or, yeah. Yeah. Which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of age it's just one of those things. Yeah. In oh, the New Two well,
2: continuity.
3: Well, as we've always talked about Batman and Green Lantern were less yeah rebooted than the rest mm.
0: yeah i mean that that's the only thing that was heavily affected is mm. is the fact that there's all these robins and yeah his his age Jimmy's well
2: age. i love the their whole thing about making tim never be robin just being red robin is like he couldn't have that many robins Yum. but he had three <laughs> you know he had three in five years and how old was dick when he started being robin And how old is he now? Mm -hmm. You know, it's... You know, like, if if it all happened... It didn't happen five years ago. It happened Mm -hmm. a little after five years ago. So, if you start really getting into that, it's like thinking about a time travel movie. Mm -hmm. Just don't worry about it. it. Just, you know, this is the way it is. You know, obviously, that part of their continuity is not as well thought out as they would like it to be. And even, like... Uh, Scott Snyder was on uh, the Batman on Batman podcast And he was very open About you know He goes you know Some of it Which you know You just kind of You sort of have to Kind of just go go with it You have to kind of Make it up as you go along He's like And he's like really My thing is You know Batman wasn't really affected By that stuff as much So I I, You know I'm not gonna change You know That's why Mm -hmm. In his In his first Batman book It says When Batman's identifying everybody It says Tim Drake Former Robin Now, Red Robin, you know? Didn't they switch that for the
0: trade paperback? Oh, did they really? I believe they did. Oh,
2: wow. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. It's
0: either from that issue or I think it was from Teen Titans because they mentioned something about Robin and Teen Titans and they switched it to a different Hmm. statement.
1: Son of the Demon is mad money on Amazon.
2: Really? (laughs) Yeah, I just checked.
1: It's mad money? Mad money, yo. (laughs) Mad
2: bills. Mm -hmm. Um, I never say things like that. <laughs> no, you do not. Thank God, because because <laughs> then I'd be on the off the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <laughs> I just mad wanted notes. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of get. Oh, one more. Th- we had a question. This is from last week, actually. Uh, we got asked about you know the the poorly performing um, uh, Thunderbolts book as mm-hmm. far as critical response goes, and how a lot of people are liking it because it's ugly. Well, not ugly because it's taking a team that's supposed to be, you know, more unknown characters and putting a bunch of A-listers in there. So uh, they want to know, you know, Bob, this is kind of more point to you because you're more a a usual Thunderbolts per reader. Uh, You know, what characters would you like to see make up the Thunderbolts team, even if it's not just going back to that Jeff Parker team from a couple months ago? What's like your dream Thunderbolts team? I hadn't really thought about that.
3: Yeah, I like what Parker was doing, obviously. Mm -hmm. But what you need to do, the original Thunderbolts conception was villains. Mm -hmm. And they were B, C, D-level villains. You know, screaming Mimi and the Beatle and whatever. Mm -hmm. So maybe you find the Shocker. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's still around in continuity. You find those sort of characters who've been underutilized. Find what their hook was and their origin. What's their struggle? Put that together, you know, mm-hmm. off the off the cusp. I'd never be able to come up with this. Right. Give me give me a few years, I could, but <laughs> um, but not uh, Electra Punisher. Mm-hmm. No, no, they're already anti heroes in the in the yeah. and bigger players. Not even
2: really villains. No, you know, and also never a group of people who allowed themselves to be forced to be on a team. You know, those aren't the kind of people who get put in a situation where they have to cut a deal. To be on a team, you know?
3: Well, again, the Thunderbolts started, they were pretending to be heroes because they had another agenda and they were dealing with the son of Baron Zemo. But some of them became heroes anyway. Mm -hmm. And that was just, you know, that was Kurt Busiek all those years ago to start with, Fabian Nizieza after, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: who kept that thread going and some of them changed, some disappeared. And we still have Carlos Sofen in these books who's a manipulative, lying weasel. (laughs) Twenty years later, mm-hmm. she's still looking for an angle, mm-hmm. and she'll find it because that's who she is. So
2: there you go. Well, thank you, Bob. That question from Evan, by point.
3: the way. So okay, thank you, Evan. Can I throw one email thing in here, just Absolutely. really quickly? Do it. Uh, I had an email from Jeremy Whitley, who is the writer of Princeless, which okay. will be a new comic, a free comic book day thing this year, splitting with Molly Danger, Jamal Igle, and you guys. I've sent it to you guys, and you're mm-hmm. going to take a look at. it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. We'll talk about it maybe next week or the mm-hmm. week after, whatever. It's a charming book about a 16-year-old girl uh, princess who's now been exiled to the tower by her parents because, well, that's what you do in fairy tales with princesses. She isn't going to wait for some moron prince. She rescues herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hooks up with her dragon, Sparky, <laughs> and goes flying off to figure awesome. stuff out. Uh Marvelously funny, witty, knowing, intelligent. The third issue, for instance, is called "On Sexism in the Armor Industry," <laughs> and <laughs> is all name. all about you know what we expect comic book superheroes to be and adventure heroines, and it is just really brilliant. And so, I just want cool. to make sure I mention that, and we'll talk about this some more. Yeah, this read is the this second thing.
0: series of it. Yes, it was up for an Eisner last year. So, cool, very cool, mm-hmm. awesome. Um
2: all right, so that's pretty much our show. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us, info at com, uh, at TalkingComics on Twitter, or Facebook.com slash TalkingComics. Um, uh, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve's? Mine is at Dead underscore Anchorus. Rob? Uh, at Dusk1020.
1: Yes. And Bob? I'm Bob Reier at TalkingComicBooks.com.
2: Um, also, you guys, uh, I kind of talked about this on Twitter a little bit a couple weeks ago, but... Uh, I, last time I actually did it, I set up a DC Universe Online League. Oh, you did? for us mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. Talking Comics. Nice. Um, did you get bowling shirts and everything? You no. Know, <laughs> oh, too bad. Uh, no, I'm not joining then. So you know, if you guys if you guys don't have an account yet, or you do have an account, it's you know free to play game on the PS3. Uh, unfortunately, they don't crosstalk with like, the PC version, so you have to download on the PS3. Um, you know, leave us your name either an email uh, or on Twitter or on Facebook and I'll add you to the league. Um, um, I, I wanted, I'd made my character look as much like uh, my avatar as possible. Um, you know, like, the, is it really
1: that I haven't looked at it at all. Is it that custom- customizable? Oh yeah. It's really customizable. Very. Yeah. Ooh. It's wow. super customizable. Very, very,
2: um, with a whole range of powers and stuff. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's free to play if you want, like there's downloadable content packs and stuff that you can, you get for free if you sign up for like the recurring membership, which is either $15 a month or $30 for three months. So you get all that stuff with it. Um, you don't have to do that to join the league or anything. That's fine. Uh, so, But my name, I couldn't be the broadcaster, like the name, so I'm Podcast Man. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> yeah, that's my name. And I've got like a red costume with like a symbol in the middle and the goggles on and stuff like that. Uh, it looks like a more like, you know, Jim Lee version of the...
3: It's <laughs> the new 52 broadcaster. Yeah, it reminds yeah. the Maestro. Is yeah, that right Yeah, it? the Maestro, yeah.
2: Okay. And you can definitely probably do yours. There's like familiars that you can uh, so you have. you can have They have
4: the
1: long coat. Uh, yeah, scarf. they do definitely have a long coat and scarf, Ooh. yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. No. <laughs> I, no, I was playing Nino Cooney, man. What are you trying to do to me?
2: <laughs> Magic powers are one of the skill sets you can do. Oh. Um. So it's pretty cool. You know, it's an MMO, so it's a lot of... Well, do, I got to
1: join up anyway.
2: Yeah, go this, do there, do that. But I think if we're all playing together in a, in a big group, it'll be a lot of fun. So, so are
1: we gonna schedule play sessions? We
2: will. Once we get in some people in the league, I'm definitely gonna. I definitely wanna schedule some play sessions and, right. and start doing some raids and stuff with people. So calm down, raids. Yeah, <laughs> superhero raids. Yeah, one of the mm. new things too is uh, they just added you can create a layer now. Like you're on like Batcave or whatever. Oh, cool. so once I figure out how to do that, I'll do that too. But um, I think it'll be fun. So if you guys you know join up uh, again at Talking Comics, talkingcomicbooks.com slash. I mean sorry. Facebook.com slash comics or info at TalkingCombooks.com. Send us email, Facebook message, Twitter with your, your character name so I can add you to the league if you want to be part of the game. All right. So that is it for Talking Comics for this week. For Steve. till next week. Bob. Avita Zane And Rob. See you later. I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.